0: This podcast is a Mutant Donkey production. If you'd like to support our Patreon page, please go to www.patreon.com backslash mutant donkey, where we provide graphical services for gamers. We also have a presence on YouTube. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, please go to az at mutant donkey. Thank you.
1: Mutant Donkey is a show. That's where we wanna go If you come Say hi Don't forget to Because written Donkey Is the show written Donkey Is my show Llamas don't Talk so bad sometimes they like to bat. Mutant donkey's where to go. oh Yeah, yeah. That's where we're all gonna go. If you don't like llamas now, you can bat. Mutant donkey is the show. Woo! That's where we uh, want to go. Wow, 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 If you want to come and say hi, you can just move because Mr. Donkey is a show. That's where we all want to go. Uh, if you lick a llama. Lick you back, better wear protection and Donkey is a show It's now time to start the show So I will shut the f*** and Donkey and Donkey Something, something The end
0: Okay, so, well, guys, thanks for coming to the Mutant Donkey podcast and for being part of it. No problem. uh, So now we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves, I guess. Josue, you want to go first?
2: Yeah. Um, My name is Josue. I'm from Puerto Rico, Bayamon, just in case you are from there. I moved here back to the U.S. um, around five years now. Been in Texas for two. Um, Yeah. Part of the gaming communities in a couple of places. Um, yeah, work nearby. No, uh, Mr. Andres, for you. Um, what else?
0: Um, I don't know. What What's your passion for gaming? How How are you a gamer, or why are you a gamer?
2: Oh, oh man, <laughs> been since <laughs> since I was born, basically, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my brother was the one that was into video game in the first place with uh, all those. Uh, you know, a very old um, Dreamcast, like um, way back, like Sega Master System, um, all those kind of video games, And uh, he was the one showing me around how to do all that. And since I was a little kid, I I wanted all that. Actually, my very first console was uh, Genesis. And yeah.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, Andrew's going like to be good friends.
2: man i remember just seeing um on the television uh, you know uh all about sonic and all those video games and i was just going crazy about Um, (laughs) uh it was it was nuts like i even by today i see that and it's all that nostalgic kind of feel like i want to go back to those times and all that um even uh, Game Boy, having the very first Game Boy in your hands, like just when it came out, and having Pokemon Red, you know, that was like
4: <laughs> that changed your life. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Let's segue to Andrew since he also likes the Sega stuff.
4: Yeah. Uh, what uh, gaming? What, no, well, just what tell is, us a little bit about
0: yourself first, and then so let's go into gaming. From oh there.
4: no, I was just asking what gaming is. I, I don't understand oh, what you're talking. about. Right. It's something that weird people do. I don't know. So, uh, my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm from the country of Texas. Um, <laughs> I have been avidly gaming since the graphically intense Atari 2600. Oh, wow. That, uh, and that was that was the bomb right there. Yes, sir. Um, I tried to take a grown-up break probably around the, the time the SNES launched, so I slept through the SNES pretty much, <laughs> uh, and then decided grown-up what? stuff wasn't for me, and... The, the genesis brought me back oh well. Wow.
5: nice and that's a uh, good one to come back to as
4: well and then i i kind of juggled back and forth between and the you know i get closer to this generation and back and forth between the xbox and the playstation right now i'm kind of a playstation fanboy um but i, I have everything so i can't complain including oculus and vr so i'm i'm one of the biggest kids you'll ever meet yep. nice
0: and uh, let's go on to ethan from california
4: uh,
5: I'm Ethan Childress. I'm an author and a teacher. Um, I got into gaming really early on. Uh, some of my earliest gaming memories are my brother and his two friends, uh, Gary and Forrest, playing the original first edition Dungeons and Dragons on our living room table, and uh, getting into it from there. And so from there on out, it was all about you know board games and role playing, and then I got into video games whenever that started coming out. Um, right now I'm mostly a PC guy, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that's out there right now. That's been, it's been a lot of fun kind of exploring recently.
3: Okay,
0: cool. And uh, now let's hear from Ethan from Texas.
6: Yeah. Uh, I'm Ethan also from the country of Texas and I'm a bit younger. So, uh, my first experiences were with the, like, like the GameCube and the xbox original just mm-hmm. playing with my dad and also played a lot of spore it was a lot of fun wow, um, right on,
0: yeah that's pretty yeah good.
6: these days mostly playing fps games and dungeons of dragon not doing as much of like board game stuff
0: cool. so, yeah
5: okay all right well right on man
0: and i am andres and i am the host of Newton donkey and i'm also a gamer from birth just like pretty much everybody else here like like ethan from california i played from dnd from a when i was 12 years old because i'm from colombia so that was not available until then and uh, since then i was hooked and uh, i'm a most avid pc gamer although i did start with the 2600 and then i continued with the nes uh, I skipped the Sega, I skipped the last console I played back then was the Super NES, after that I guess I didn't like consoles anymore until the first PlayStation, and that blew my mind. Uh, that that told me that there were games for adults, and I didn't know that there would be a day in my life that there would be games for adults. From there I went to the original Xbox, Xbox 360, but all the, all the meanwhile I kept playing board games and role-playing games, and uh, also I'm a hardcore PC gamer too, so gaming as a whole so that's pretty much true cool. so uh, let's see let's let's go back to to Ethan from California and let's say what are you playing right now
5: so right now first of all i made a really important discovery this week um turns out i own a super nintendo now you do that sounds like a boast but what it really is is i was digging around i didn't know that i owned one um i'm redoing my office right now and we took out a bunch of old boxes of books and in one of the boxes was the super nintendo and about eight games including Conker's bad fur day so let's see if i can find a uh tv i can hook that thing up to and start playing it again or for the first time apparently because i didn't know i owned it um on uh, pc right now i've been playing i always kind of play around with rainbow six siege uh it's kind of fun and while the community can get kind of <laughs> kind of aggro yeah. sometimes it's still fun to go in and let off some steam but uh yeah, recently so i've been playing the time yeah i mean really whenever you get home it's you know it's 20 minutes worth of time and you can have a full round in and out and it's it's a lot of fun but i've been working on uh i just started playing uh Vermintide 2
0: oh is that good is because kind... i played the first one is the second one pretty good
5: i've been really enjoying it uh there's the the, the there's not a lot of maps on it, which is fine because basically it's just Diablo 2 in first person. Okay. Um, but it's a lot of fun to just kind of go in and wade through a bunch of rat men and, you know, feel like a superhero while you're doing it.
0: So, did they tighten up the controllers? Because the first one seemed a little bit floaty to me.
5: Um, it seems a little better for me now. Um, okay. I always have to go in and mouse around with uh, the mouse sensitivity and you know all that kind of stuff because otherwise I feel like I'm you know playing through mud. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, they've I've been able to, to uh, kind of trick this one out so that it really works out well and I've been in, having a good time with it.
0: Okay, pretty good. Uh Josué, you want to jump in here and tell us what you're playing right now? Yeah. Oh no, sure. wait, wait, wait. Um, Before you say anything, I need to. I know what Josué is playing because I found out very quickly what he was playing. I went to Mm -hmm. talk to him on Wednesday, I went to check out my mail, I was going to UPS, and I saw Josue on the street, and it was starting to rain, and he had an umbrella, and he was shaking the thing, and I'm like, oh man, there's Josue, I need to talk to him, and so I wanted to stop, but there there was kind of a big street, so I just kept going, I got my mail, on the way back home, I see Josue again. And he's still doing his little walk, walking on his umbrella. And I'm like, does he live nearby? Is he walking to his home? I didn't know what was going on. And so I'm like, oh, there's Josué. I need to talk to him. And so I, I was about to turn. And I'm like, no, no, I can't talk to him. And I'm like, yeah, I need to talk to him because I need to ask him to come to the podcast today. And so I turned. I'm like, hey, Josué, what's going on? And then, I, and then I look up from my car and there's two cars coming straight at me. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, I had turned into a one-way street. And I didn't even realize it. And there were like people honking and screaming at me. I'm like, What the hell's going on? So I like turned around and then I made a U turn and and just parked right next to Josua. And I was like, Hey Josui, it's raining, you wanna ride or anything? It's like Hosu is no, I'm no man, I'm hunting
5: for Pokemon. I'm like, What the hell? And so, <laughs> so the guy that just drove down a one way street the wrong way, said, so, hey, you wanna ride? <laughs> like, yeah, you right choice, there, I think. Hey, sexy, you going my way? He's like, uh...
0: <laughs> no, man, I think Josue thought I was doing that bird box challenge where people are driving with their, you know, blindfolded wor- or
2: whatever. You know? The worst thing is that our van was right in front of you, honking you, and then he was just staying there like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, at that point, I didn't have anywhere to go. I was just kind of waiting for the person to go around me because I, I couldn't maneuver. There was a car on my left, so it's like, I don't know. Anyway, Josue, go, go ahead, tell us. Now if we know Andres that you're playing Pokemon. Seen, so. <laughs>
5: yeah. Andres so. hadn't seen Josue, three people would still be alive right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, much. Pretty much. That's the moral of the story. Yeah.
2: So um, every time I get out from work, I mostly go just by walking home. And every time that I'm walking home, so I'm playing Pokemon Go. Uh, it's this uh, video game that is on your cell phone, which is like virtual reality. You have to actually be... Be there in order to like accomplish something. Let's say that there's a raid in a church. So <laughs> you have to actually go to the church <laughs> to make a raid. So um, I saw this uh, raid that was going on and I was already posting it on Discord and stuff. And a couple people responded that they may be able to go. So I was like, okay, let me be the first one just there. So I was walking to the church and I see the, this guy going like, beep, 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 going the opposite around. <laughs> what the? is <laughs> <hell's> going on? <laughs> so, uh, so he goes like, "Hey, you need a ride?" And I was like, "Oh man, not really, because uh, I'm That's here to do a raid." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, I'm
5: raiding churches right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there was a
0: brick church in that corner. I'm like, okay, what's he doing over there?
2: He, he looked at me with this face, like, "What are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> then that? I had to explain him a little and actually show him the video game myself. Yeah, it was
0: like a picture of uh, a whale <laughs> thing, and I'm like, "It's gonna take five people to yeah. bring this one down." I'm like, "Wow." That, yeah, that the cool. thing is
2: that um, it's it's really fun. Like, I don't know if you guys know about it, but. Um, once you get into a community that you actually can you know, uh, say to everybody, hey, there's going to be a raid this uh, at 1 o'clock, it's anybody coming, You know, everybody will participate and uh, have a good time. You actually have to be like, for example, I was giving to Under, um, for that particular raid, at least it needed to be five people and with good amount of level to take it down. If not, it was not going to be possible. So it's pretty fun.
0: Okay. Ooh, is that the only thing you're playing, or are you playing anything else?
2: Um, no, actually, on PC, um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm playing Battlefield Five, okay. but it has it has kind of died down a, l- a little bit on me because they were doing a couple changes and stuff. But although every it's it's a really good game. I don't know if any of you have been playing it.
0: I think you Ethan from Texas, you played it, right?
2: Uh, no, I played Battlefield One. Oh, one. Okay. One, okay. Yeah, five is the latest one um, about World War Two, And yeah, they're doing it really interesting. They they started with um, stories that nobody has ever heard about, and then eventually it's going to get all the way to the Hitler stuff.
0: Okay, so, so like uh, real-life stories? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's yeah. actually interesting to me. I'm going to actually give that a try. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, let's segue over to Ethan from Texas, then. What are you playing right now?
6: Uh, Recently, I've been playing a lot of CSGO, uh, That's I've been playing that for like a couple of years now, and uh, I've also been playing Mountain Blade, which yeah. you recommended to me. Well, and Mountain
0: Blade, Candyman gave it to me. <laughs>
6: You told me it was literal crack, and you were right. Yeah, that game is. Crazy. I am
0: a you should never play that. Game. <laughs> <laughs> that's for some Pokemon man. That's like real crack. The
5: <laughs> thing that's kind of funny is, is that uh, Texas Ethan there is talking about playing CS:GO, and I was like, yeah, I was playing that 20 years ago, and uh, <laughs> it's fun to see that the game is it still exists and it still has that following after all this time. Still very relevant, I guess. Nobody knew it, was, it would become
2: such a big eSport. I heard something that they were doing either a Battle Royale kind of mode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
6: yeah, they yeah. added a Battle Royale mode in the latest
2: update.
5: Finally, somebody's making Battle Royale games.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <we finally laughs> don't have enough of man. those yet. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Okay, well, I guess
0: let's ask Andrew from Texas. What are you playing right now?
4: Uh, so I've been binging. Uh, I'm in grad school, so I don't get to play as often as I'd like. And during the break, um, to go off a hostway first, uh, I play an AR game on my phone also that's a Walking Dead game. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Our World, and it's built off of Google Maps, so it's it's basically the same as any of those other AR games, Okay, except you're out shooting zombies, and you have a crew also and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also playing Marvel Strike Force, which is another phone game. Uh, so those are my phone games, uh, and I don't want to spend too much time on those, but... <laughs> uh on the ps4 i finished far cry 5 and i'm working through some dlc i also am working on my second playthrough of spider-man which is an incredible game the second um, playthrough yeah on the highest difficulty because i'm a trophy whore and i can't help myself <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the vita yes i said vita i'm playing darkest dungeon and uh, a very adult game lego batman 2. I'm trying to get that done. I heard there's um, a lot of language in that one. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> it's, it's it's so violent. Uh, and then on the PC, finally, uh, I dipped my toes into Mountain Blade because of Andrés also, and I've dipped my toes into Deep Rock Galactic, so I'm ready next time I jump in with oh, uh, you that guys. that fun. Yeah. And I've been I finished Mutant Year Zero, which which uh, was was pretty cool. Um, and what's this, the game uh, about? It's a turn-based strategy where you only have a party of three people, and it's permadeath, so it's very frustrating. But oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, I way that. through, yeah, and, and um, it's 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 odd because it's really campaign-based and it's really story-based. So there's more of a story involved than XCOM, which that's the next thing I was going to say. I, mm-hmm. I've been playing is uh, that really brand new game XCOM. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. The one from the '90s or the millennium. <laughs> The, the 90s, the, the newer one. Um, okay. I've gone through one playthrough, and now I'm kind of going through some of the DLC and, and knocking that out. I tend to play a lot of these turn-based strategy games right now because uh, I am I might or might not be playing while I'm at work. So if I can minimize it and uh, <laughs> pretend <from Jersey, laughs> I, I can keep going. Um, Next turn, boss is coming. Well, hold on. That's right. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: control shift, control shift. Uh, Just don't share this podcast with your work, then. And then the only other game uh, uh, I've been playing, also another turn-based strategy, is called Hard West, um, and it's oh, kind yeah. of in the same vein as XCOM, but it's it's a it's weird, man. It's like an old West XCOM with the devil, so it's 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 real weird. But uh, it's yeah, I, think awesome. I heard
5: about this one, and you're liking that one?
4: Oh man, yeah, the stories in it are great. It's almost kind of like episodic, and, and when you go through each episodic entry in in the turn-based strategy it's it's really cool it, it, it's some cool stuff I, I like the stories a lot
3: mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend cool. it
4: All right. especially for like an indie game it, it's really cool yeah, yeah. I, I
0: want to play it. I actually own it but I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet so uh, I guess I'll go into what I've been playing I've been playing a lot of Mountain Blade 2 because Candyman Candyman's a mutual friend of ours that's also in California and he recommended that game and that game is crack I'm also playing a roguelike game called Wizard of Legend, which came in a Humble Bundle thing that Andrew gave me. And so I've been doing that one. It's a pretty simple one. As a matter of fact, I just watch YouTube videos while I'm playing. It is so simple. And then we've been playing Northgard also, uh, which is a real-time strategy game, but it's slow enough to be almost... It feels kind of like turn-based, except it's real-time. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's about resource gathering and survival, uh, while at the same time completing objectives. Pretty good. Uh, I played a little bit of Two Point Hospital. I bought it when it came out. I don't know why, because I, I normally don't buy those games. But you know, Day Nine was playing it on, on his channel, and I thought it looked pretty cool, so I got it
4: and I kind of played it for. I've been really interested in that one too, yeah. for for the same kind of I don't even know why, but yeah, it, it seemed really cool and I wanted to try it out. It
0: is. It's kind of hypnotic. It's kind of cool actually. And the architect in me likes it because I get to build, I, I get to lay out the hospital, and I think of it as an architect would think about it. I'm like, okay, this is where the receptionist. You know, we're gonna put the janitor over here. We're gonna put the staff room there. You know, I kind of lay everything out. Not that it really matters so much in the game, but I just like to do that. Um,
5: See, my wa- What's that? My wife would get really upset if I was buying a game about you know being a teacher because yeah. um, <laughs> it just irritates her whenever you're doing something that's repetitive that you already do in real life. Yeah. So it's like, why? Um, why would she's like, yeah, why would, why would you even do this? And, yeah, uh, then you
4: can then you can do all the terrible things that you want to do but can't. Oh no! I, I
5: think that that sets a dangerous precedent for me yeah. on a, a subconscious level. That hey, if I do this, I just have to you know go back to my last save point, and I still have a job.
2: Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like I, a- I don't
5: think that's I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs>
0: Kind of like a real-life hijacker doesn't play Grand Theft Auto, right? Because that's what
4: they do in real life. They like no. Exactly.
5: Really. They go home and it's play a... Splatoon like a regular grown-up adult.
4: Yeah. No, 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 no. They they play Grand Theft Auto, but they stop at all the red lights, you know. And they, they <laughs> yeah. What if, what if I it? Really <laughs> they're, they're really good citizens.
0: Uh, <laughs> <pretty> good. <laughs> Let me see what uh, what else I've been playing. Metal Gear Solid Five. I bought it a couple of years ago, but I'm just getting to play it. I'm really enjoying the open world and just the sneaky aspect of it. Uh, Candyman also gave me The Long Dark, I've been playing that, it's a lot of fun, but it's a really brutal game where you're going between food source to food source and trying to stay warm as hell in that game. And then I've been binging Empyrean, uh, Galactic Survival with Art and Candyman. We, We have a server going from one of my computers at home, and so there's an active server, a mutant donkey server that we play on, and we just made it to a new planet, we built a warp drive and it's a lot of fun. And I think that's about it. In terms of board games, yesterday we played Stratos, uh, partly because we haven't played it in a while and partly because I was going to talk to Jacob today about it, so we played that board game, which is a lot of fun. And uh, and of course, we're playing Gloomhaven with Andrew, oh, Art, yeah. and Justin, so I figure, I don't know if Andrew wants to talk a little bit about Gloomhaven.
4: Uh, Gloomhaven has taken over my soul. I, I, that <laughs> game is remarkable. I, I, I love every second of it. It's, and it's I like, hate that we can't play it more often.
0: It's like a Dungeons and Dragons board game. It's like the closest thing to D&D in board game form. You, you have a persistent world that you change. Every time you discover a new dungeon, the map changes permanently. Every time you discover new items, you go permanently on the store and the city, and everybody levels up. And about three quarters of the characters in the game are locked. And then you have to keep playing to unlock them. And you don't know what's there. Like All, all those boxes are sealed, so we don't open them. There's also sealed envelopes and sealed quests. There's a bunch of stuff to be discovered. The only uh, bad thing, I guess, it's not really a bad thing, but it's only a one-time playthrough, basically. So, uh, But okay. it's, it's, it's pretty good. Like, now,
5: out of curiosity, is anybody here playing uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill? Yeah, uh, talk oh, to
0: Ethan from Texas. Game. We just got the expansion for that. Nice. So Ethan from Texas can talk to you about that game, yeah? Or I guess you can talk to, about that game if you guys want.
5: No, I think we're okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> <Then> <laughs> Just don't talk about the game so, then. Yeah. <laughs> no, we.
5: Uh, <laughs> I, I got it a couple of years ago, and or about a year ago, and uh, I haven't had a lot of chances to play it. But it's really fun because every single time, it's a different end experience. And the fact that the maps are, of course, the tile. It's tile based, so you get to every every playthrough is a different shaped house, and ultimately, you don't know who's going to be the one that gets to turn on everybody and. You know try and do horrible things to their their supple bodies but uh, it's it's just so much fun um, and uh, yeah I really I got to find people to play that game with
0: and actually Josue came over to our house who was it two months ago or so to play that game we played it in the dark we lit some like candles awesome. and we <laughs> had everything dark and I had a little phone w- with myself when I was kind of recording part of it and I posted it on the mutant channel on YouTube and it's kind of like a crappy video because the reception kept coming in and out. I don't know why, but it was just funny. Like you couldn't see anything. I was recording like a dark table, but it was funny. We were all, like <laughs> And that that gets you in the mood. Like you start play acting, like you start taking the role of your character. I'm the little kid running around. Ooh, What's going on? You know?
2: We got some candles lit in the table, and also I put some uh, a YouTube video with uh, uh, lightning going on, like a storm going on, and <laughs> it was <Nice>. really yeah, <laughs> good. For
0: those
5: of you early. that don't know, Andreas loves setting the mood for his games like that. <laughs> yep. When we were in high school playing games together, we had Dungeons and Dragons, and he came home so excited because he had this... <laughs> cd with sound effects on it <laughs> so, but it was, it was at the time where you had to like program in the number so if it was like you know if you wanted to hear the dragons roar you had to go into your boom box and program nice. like, track 98 and then you hear and that was like it but the <laughs> thing noticed, apparently his boombox didn't align correctly with it because he never got the right sound so it was always like, <laughs> you know, it kick open the door and he's like and in there you see you know a, a, a group of women, and then he hits the button, and it's like sheet bang or something. And then we all lose it for like half an hour. And then we come back, and um, at one point, he was trying for thunderous applause, and it was like a fart or something. It, just, it was absolutely preposterous, but he wouldn't oh give God. up on it. No. He was committed to it, and it, it was one of my favorite memories of role playing with him.
0: Yeah, it was like they were in an in, inn, and then they come out and they see this demon with a massive horn, and he's gonna blow it. And he's gonna go, <laughs> and I had the little duck, duck, rubber ducky sound. I went, <laughs> and it completely broke the mood. It
5: was horrible. So oh, it was, the best because it was like you know when he plays this mighty horn. It's like.
3: <laughs> so you're telling me,
2: so you're telling me that this guy, when he wanted to do like a dragon, all of a sudden this sound will come. <laughs>
5: That was, That's it. That okay, I'm going to <laughs> what would happen. <laughs> I think he oh. maybe got the right track. Like, out of the 50 or so times he tried, he might have gotten it.
2: Oh my God. Man. That's hilarious.
0: All right. Well, I guess with that, we can segue into the next uh, topic. The following is our interview segment of Jacob Chidorisky, founder of Board and Tail Games. We're here to discuss his game Stratus. Uh, but yeah, let's let's. Uh, if you want to tell us a little a little bit about who you are as a person and what brought you to gaming, uh, that would be great. I think for you know the people listening to know who you are first.
7: Absolutely. So my name is Jacob. Uh, you know I'm a game designer and math teacher and tutor. Uh, you know going way back, uh, I'd say you know I've always loved games of all sorts. You know playground games, board games, video games. You know pretty much everything. Uh, you know, getting first start in designing board games, just adding to ones that I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one that I was really enthusiastic about was called Conquest of the Empire. I think I actually did go through a second printing a little while back. Okay, It's like a Roman Empire-themed uh, risk-type game, but with some really nice, uh, you know, pieces, like you're building cities and roads and that sort of thing, but still ultimately, you know, an army-conquering kind of game. And, and I loved it, but then at a certain point, I noticed that basically whoever had the most catapults advantage that you win and i was like 10 or 11 at the time but i saw like hey okay, the numbers just work whoever gets the most catapults wins yeah so i wanted to add to it and think like well what can we do because i love the game but i don't want to just be able to predict what happens so you know i just added what i had access to being 10 or 11 so robots and fighter jets and whatever other toys i had and just made up the numbers for them and uh you know it was you know a, a bit out of theme i suppose but uh it was a lot of fun that was uh probably the beginning of you know, designing games. And, you know, kind of fast forward a few years later, is uh, my friend uh, David Gundrum said, hey, you know, like, we're finishing a math degree, like, uh-huh. you know, let's get started. Let's make a game. And so Stratos came out of that, basically. Uh,
0: okay. So in essence, back then you were already balancing games because you're saying the catapults were overpowered. So basically you were looking for a way to balance. Basically, you're balancing the equation. And, uh, and I guess that's a very intellectual, uh, methodical way of approaching things, right?
7: Um, uh, I mean I fully admit there there are different, you know, methods. I mean there's the testing of course is super important. Um, uh-huh. there's some things that you can see out of the numbers first that would streamline your testing and like both are important, but like yeah. the math will be down what you have to do. Yeah, but then you have to balance math for creativity, right? Otherwise you can't
0: make a company like Board and Tail and make a game like Stratos because I mean that combines what math but also creativity because you have you gotta give people a lot of options, right? While they're playing so they don't feel like they're playing the
7: same thing over and over again right absolutely and sort of you know part of my hope was that you know there would be a wide enough number of combinations of things that there would always be things to discover no matter how long you've been playing and that is probably the most favorite elements of the games that i love the most that i wanted to bring to it and I, I think we did it pretty well
0: okay so let me hop on to the next question uh, do you have a the fantasy background because i mean Stratos kind of hints on a little fantasy theme right with peasants with mages with archers and you know fighters and explorers right is that something that you had a passion for like
7: fantasy in general yeah i mean I, uh, I a lot of my favorite games are in that genre although I, I mean i have favorites spanning many genres uh my favorite game of all time though is still something called shining force uh it is a uh, Uh, steampunk strategy rpg i believe one of the first Mm -hmm. uh for sega genesis yeah i've heard it's actually sega's most republished game and even though they republished it on just about every machine and platform imaginable probably multiple times you know they kind of stopped at number three and never really did a true sequel to part three Uh they never really released uh it was actually a three part game three separate scenarios three you know but only one of the three got released in North America. But there's still a strong enough fan base that's actually the community at Shining Force Central mm-hmm. did uh, and patch for the file to where you actually would be able to play in English.
0: OK, but are you saying that
7: that used to be a tabletop or is that exclusively a video game? Oh, uh, exclusively a video game. I mean, okay. I think it'd be very well suited to tabletop. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was, I'll admit, you know, it was one of my inspirations, especially A rich fantasy world but it was also like very quick and direct to what you were doing like it was a very uh, i think a pretty elegant combat system you know Mm -hmm. you had move attack item magic like very straightforward kind of stuff but still the right elements you could use them together creatively and uh just i've always loved the game and i thought hey like this would work so well in a board game setting that even a lot of my earlier like prototype like unnamed sort of games that i created as a teenager based partly around how Shining force work it's just it's a lovely system
0: okay cool it, uh, it almost sounds a little bit like shadow i don't know if you ever played it
7: haven't i have heard of it i mean it's, it's certainly famous uh i should you know i've heard it enough times that i should give it a shot
0: and, and i think there's an, a game coming up cyberpunk right it should be coming out this year i think so that, cool yeah that i will look fun. into it yeah i think I'm, I'm actually excited to play that was one of the most anticipated games of this year i think so. But here, let's steer the conversation back to you. Um, how um, was it hard starting board and tail games? I mean, was it a full-time job or did you have to juggle the responsibilities? Uh, how did
7: it impact your life in general? It was for a stretch, um, you know, at a certain point, just it wasn't self-sustaining yet. Um, and now, I mean, the space is so much more competitive that I think we'll be able to do it, but it just it certainly will take longer. Um, I, you know that was my full time focus um, so you know, we, you know we traveled to more comic cons you know in that stage a lot just to take care of all the things you have to when starting a company you know like you know legal agreements uh, you know non-disclosure agreement like research manufacturers like there's there's so much that goes into it um, great to learn so much from that I mean I knew a little bit going in just having Worked in some, you know, small like startup and early earlier stage companies in in Toronto, uh, to learn different aspects of a company and what they do and how stuff works, how to use different tools. Uh-huh. So I think that background helped quite a bit. Uh, still, wouldn't say I was fully prepared, but you never are, right, until you've yeah, done it.
0: Yeah, you just gotta take the, the plunge. It's almost like being a father, right? You never, you you never think you're gonna be prepared, but when it happens, you just have to go do it. There's no other option, right? <laughs> Yeah, kind of life just hits you and then you have to roll with it and go with it um, so was it hard getting funding that you have investors or how, how did you guys overall fund this thing or was it just out of pocket or you know you just loans and things like that
7: we did get investors and that's what allowed me to run with it full time for a while and you know reached out to everyone that I knew that I had their email um You know, I, how it basically went was that first, um, you know, we got, you know, a handful of friends and family investors, uh, you know, we, we got a couple other investors later on where just the fact that we had a few people backing us already, already put around 5,000 of my own money into it, uh, through the various years of like multiple prototypes and and more, probably more than anything, the fact that we had actually sold something like we'd gone through multiple stages of prototypes. Uh, you know what we labeled our first edition which I guess really was you know more of a beta prototype but still like you know we called it our first edition like you know it was complete and playable and came in a box and everything else uh-huh. and the fact that you know we had sold uh, 15 games that were just made out of wood but we made stuff ourselves it was not through mass manufacturing. but the fact that we had made and sold something that, you know people were interested in and would actually buy that really helped seal the deal
0: yeah, I figure that builds up your self confidence, you know, as a first time, you know, game designer. I mean, that that's gotta feel good, right, when you when people start buying your product. Yeah.
7: Absolutely. Um, you know, of course, always, you know, along the way, right? Like, you know, again, this i this idea where you're never fully prepared and you don't really know what to expect. Like we thought early on was, hey, like you know. People have played our game. Let's just ask people who've played to go post a review to Board Game Geek. Me thinking like, okay, you know, anyone into, who likes board games will have an account or whatever. We, you know? No, you know, for every active Board Game Geek player, there are probably like 20 others who don't follow this site and don't care because board games is easily at least 20 times bigger. Yeah. And what ended up happening in the early stage is that people accused us of posting fake reviews because so I guess that, that might have been an issue with some other game years ago yeah we asked review and they did but because they're a new account they can there's stuff going on here and some drama and stuff but yeah we use those sort of things to uh, say-
0: yeah i do remember some something when i posted on board game gip i do remember some people were accusing people of having fake accounts and things and i'm like dude i i have a. at that point i have been a member maybe for four or five years and i have like Upsize of between eighty and seven eighty and ninety board games, so I'm like, dude, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I know about board games because I have a board game collection. I'm not just some guy that came here randomly and just did a a review, so I was trying to you know uh, you know tell them this is not this is not fake reviews. this is actually a good game, and you know just because it's new, you don't have to you know hate on it you know uh, People are very quick to dismiss things nowadays. I find that they have a very short attention span. And they don't pay att- enough attention to the things that they should I think. I don't know if you
7: feel similar. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, you know, thank you for speaking up there. I definitely appreciate it. Um, and, uh, and one thing that's been just, I know this is kind of an aside, but it's been really kind of strange to see is that it's, uh, you know, comparing this versus what looks like the, look like, you know, accounts on Twitter where, any political thread there there are accounts that is, you can't really say it's it's fake but just someone made a new account this month or last mm-hmm. just specifically to and only and it seems like that's all the account is about where it was created like you know two days ago um, so I, I, I kind of understand the the view of hey this looks like a fake account or whatever else because yeah. it's like it's prolific on Twitter but it's almost never called out yeah yeah I see
0: I, I, see. I guess I can see both I, I see how people you know should be cautious but you know yeah, it's not always the case, <laughs> especially Board Game Geek. I don't know that a lot of people do that. I, I would see how that would happen more often on Twitter because it's more prolific. Board Game Geek is a lot more specialized. And normally you only find, find people there that are actually passionate about gaming, I find. I don't really find uh, a lot of toxicity in there, I don't think. Not as much as you do in other platforms. Yeah, and it's, uh,
7: you know, I would love to see them, uh, you know, really flourish with, with some newer technology. Like I know they revamped the, uh, like the game page. Uh, of thing recently mm-hmm. it, it still makes me a bit odd that a site that is you know that large you know somehow can't you know modernize with a nice interface or whatever else they have done a lot of work i, I admit but uh, honestly i don't use it a whole lot it's clunky and more yeah yeah like i say you have uh, to be passionate <laughs> to be in there <laughs> yeah you have, to love, you have to love board games more than you hate clunky interfaces basically yeah
0: All right. So I guess you talked a little bit about your marketing strategy in contacting people and having people, you know, you know, just players that you meet in person, going to Comic Con. Is there any other way that you guys build like relationships
7: uh, with potential buyers and retailers? Um, You know, at our launch, uh, you know, Facebook was a great platform for us. Uh, Of course, you know, these media platforms, they changed quite a bit over the years. And, uh, you know, I'd say that probably one more thing that we weren't fully prepared for is just how much the platform would change and and how it works would change. And, you know, I I really want to spend more of my time in making the best games, not mastering the fine, you know, details of exactly how Facebook marketing works. But it's just it's part of what has to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did work very well for our launch. I mean, it, it got awesome reach. Um, our, in the very early stage, like our, uh, launch friends and family thing got, got leaked to Reddit's, you know, we did pretty well for a launch. Like I'm still quite happy with like our first hundred, the pre-orders happened before, like, and we air shipped them from China for the first hundred, I have a special, uh, moment, but that, that was, uh, that was quite the adventure. Um, I think the in-person is still my favorite though. I mean, you know, sort of going forward, I know um, we're actually, you know, growing what we're doing uh, Mm -hmm. and scalability while still having family time and whatnot, like, you know, online has got to be a thing. Uh, But I still, I love the in-person stuff, like having actually met you in person and and so many awesome people there in Houston, like,
0: yeah, that was was a lot of fun, I remember. Uh, I'm glad my wife found you guys. We were about to leave the convention, and she said, "You gotta come here. This guys have a board game." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that was that was really nice meeting you guys." Um, would you like to give a little synopsis of Stratos just so the listeners know what type of game it is?
7: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a fantasy theme strategy game. It, it is uh, based. It's on a modular board, different setups every time. That you can either follow the maps we made or, or make your own. And uh, you have a, a tribe of heroes uh, earning uh, earning prosperity. Uh, so you're earning prosperity points. The first to ten points wins. And the ways to earn points are mostly based on the different characters. So you can earn points by hoarding full sets of resources, uh, defeating enemy characters, casting uh, different spells, as well avoiding traps. So you know it's an adventure and strategy game uh, put together. What some people have called it, it's a bit like Katami's d
0: I'm sorry. What was that again? It was a, a bit like what?
7: What some people have said is it's kind of like Catan meets D&D. Oh, Catan meets D&D, yes,
0: yes. I, yeah, I think so. I had never thought about it in that concept. The way I think you guys explained it at first was
7: just maybe like a mixture between magic and D&D maybe. Um. Yeah, I mean, we, we've taken inspiration from different sorts of things that we've loved. I mean, one element of magic that I, I will admit that I love, um, mm-hmm. just like the creativity and the, the cool ways of combining things, especially the really like... And I think that that's a pretty big part of the mage character, you know, where, yeah, yeah, he has standard spells, but he's more of a trickster that can move things around.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't know what's coming. And I, I I did play Magic back when it came out in 93, and I played it off and on. And what I really love about it is that you you can have a guy with, like, basic cards against a guy that buys, like, the most expensive cards. And if you don't build your deck correctly... The guy that has the basic cards could beat the other guy any day of the week, basically. There's a lot more to it than just the cards. It's a person standing behind the cards that makes a big difference. And I think Stratos has a very similar theme to that. There's so many different ways to win the game that you sometimes you don't even see them coming.
7: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you see and appreciate that. It's You know, you know our, our fans know this, and I know uh, that's, that's something I always wanted, that it would be, you know... Your strategy really mattered, but still unpredictable enough that, you know, there'll be surprises even on the 10th and 100th play and that there are still, like, combinations that might be discovered years later. Um, I'm still having fun, and I've been playing the game for... us now. Still there?
0: Yeah, hold on. Uh, Yeah, I lost you for a second. Can you repeat the last, like, two sentences?
7: Yeah. um... Yeah, so the... uh you know part of the goal with stratos is just to give enough options that there would still be uh, you know new options and combinations of things uh, yeah. that you still be discovering even on the 10th and 100th play um, it's drastically different every every time you play through it different scenarios um, there there'd always be surprises no matter what i'm still having fun even a decade plus later
0: yeah i think i think that your board game specifically addicting because it's a resource gathering game, right? And I'm always—I always, always play like the Command and Conquer and the old Dune two video games and all those games. And I was always a sucker for those games. And so I always get caught up in like amassing resources. To me, that's insanely fun. So every time I start a game of Stratos, I'm like very—I'm a little bit giddy with anticipation, going, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I'm, how I'm going to plan my build, you know." And, and you can do it differently every single time. So I think that's fun. That gives longevity to the game. I think.
7: And that's—you know—that's what I want, You know, it's like in in going into this i i you know it's never the of course we want to make other games but it's never the goal of, like let's finish a game and move on but you know how much life can we put into it can we have it so that there's still stuff to discover later uh that it's you know it's always fresh there are always surprises and that um you know as we build on top of it options grow but you're not really overwhelmed with them there's kind of like a a definite flow to it right where each character has a very specific purpose wow. no one really replaces the other it's really like how do you want to play today?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a lot of fun. And also, can you talk a little bit about the expansion? I think, did it come out about a year ago? Maybe a little bit over a year ago?
7: Yeah, so it's, uh, this is Stratos Light in the Darkness. Uh, it really launched spring of 2017. I mean, we had kind of a quiet launch, just, you know, family responsibilities really, you know, taking over during this stretch. Uh, my wife actually just recently completed her PhD in Religious oh, wow. Studies at C.S. Lewis. And just, uh, you know... My, uh, you know, my role at home is needed to be supportive of that, which is super important. And but now she's done; she's graduated, which is amazing, amazing accomplishments for following through and finishing. Yeah. Uh, even though like we have twin boys, um, wow. but yeah, light in the darkness. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I. We've always wanted to. We've had expansion ideas in different directions um, since early on, but again, we wanted to keep the core game pretty tight. And there's, we saw so many of our players were D and D fans that it totally makes sense to have like a monster theme kind of expansion. Mm-hmm. Saw so, uh, you know lots of people play two players, um, bad players, and thought like you know why not make an all-in-one where it's like one tight little package, but it is a themed expansion and a standalone all-in-one. So that's really what it is. It's You can start with Light in the Darkness. It's two players, or even three if one person just is the monsters. Uh-huh. Um, but it adds to the core game. Uh, or you can link two copies of Light in the Darkness together if you can't find the core game. Because I mean, right now, like, I'm personally out of inventory. Oh,
0: wow. I guess uh, that's a good prompt to have. <laughs>
7: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, and uh, people have been asking, hey, where do I where do I find it? And I've been directing people to stores that I think still have some, uh, which has been been nice. And I still hear from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, with light in the darkness, is like I wanted to have the, the big monster experience, but still, uh, you know, very rules for how they work. So basically, um, there's a specific type of monster for each type of terrain. Mm-hmm. The game goes on, um, there are resources that appear along the fault lines, basically the, the the borders between the the trays that hold the tiles, Yeah. placing resources between them, uh, just because like the monsters know what you want, so you get to pick what goes there, yeah. but then whenever you cross, you get free resources, which is great, except the more prosperity points you have, the more of a draw you are for the monsters, and basically do a monster roll, and according to the roll, and how many points you have. Worse and worse monsters come out and there are no weak ones you know it's not like you know world of warcraft level one bunny rabbit is the yeah. first thing you fight with <laughs> like they're all a definite threat some games where the monster just takes at everybody
0: yeah yeah i think they're like pretty powerful right so sometimes you
7: have to band together to try to take one out yeah and just it's you know i wanted to make it so it's not just like yeah it plays exactly at the first but there are monsters no it's like it does so it's not really a whole lot new to learn little friction is what we wanted but at the same time the strategies you use and the choices you make print because then a monster comes on the board and if it's strong enough and you're weak enough or there are two of them you definitely have to work together or you might just get wiped out yeah yeah exactly and
0: i like the fact that it's like you said just an added mechanic and it doesn't revamp the whole way to play like the, you can still use the basic instructions to play and just add that mechanic so it's a very in general i think that you guys did your your instructions or the rules for the game in a very good manner which is simple right so people can learn quick and you can just play within like half an
7: hour and start right yeah, Well, you know thank you you know andres i really appreciate that um I, I mean i have read different sorts of feedback about our rules like honestly it's you know some people are really happy with how you write them some people are not and it always goes that way you know there is a between as like precise and technical as possible possible, often at the expense of readability versus being as readable as possible at the expense of some technical details. Yeah. You know, we tend to be at, at, at the second end of things just because I think it makes for and that, yeah, technicalities matter, um, but I, I think, you know, the fun is the more important part and that usually... He said, "I think people figure out pretty quick, uh, especially more easygoing players. Uh, but if anyone ever wants a ruling on something we haven't covered or is not an FAQ, like just write me. And you know, I will make a ruling, uh, you know, if need be. But that said, like people who have come out to some of our events here in Hamilton, and they were playing things totally different than I expected, but they still had a blast anyway, which is kind of interesting. That, like, you know, the rules are, are definitely important, but sometimes it's like the." unexpected variations that still work quite well and people have a blast, which is kind of what it's all about, right?
0: Yeah, I think that you touched on a very important uh, thing and that that is like the old school Dungeons & Dragons players like myself appreciate that from a point of view that you can write rules at infinitum, right? But it is the creative way in which people actually play the game and make their their own that makes it special. Like I'm sure that back then before the internet when we were playing games and we couldn't communicate with each other, every single group was playing d and a lot different at the next group. Nowadays there must be there must be a lot more homogeny among people that play D and D because they watch shows like in the Geek and Sundry YouTube channels and Matt Mercer and all those people that, that show them how to play the game. But before then you didn't really have anybody and you didn't have basically the DM had to make the ruling. And in a sense, if the rules got in the way of having fun, then you got rid of the rule. You just kind of you, know, you kinda of hopped over that rule and kept having fun, right? That's that's the that's the ultimate intent of, of a game, I think.
7: Yeah, absolutely and you know this is something i, I definitely apply in, in teaching and playing games with with my kids i mean my boys are five you know i've been improvising rules for like if they're excited to play a game on the shelf ever since i knew they were you know old enough to not eat the pieces i would take it down and we play it Two to three of course i I keep playing cards separate to not have them like bent and ripped and whatever mm-hmm. but recently like i you know i ordered a game called flip ships uh off amazon by renegade games just i love space game stuff as well Uh, one of my boys Elijah especially loves space theme theme things they really wanted to play Zachary is so excited for me to read the rules they're really well written but for like the amount of excitement that he had there was no way I was going to be able to read it until he was just like his attention was done so looking at the pieces I improvised what looked like a reasonable way to play we all had fun we, I just improvised some rules right there as like the the DM of this game that isn't supposed to have a DM, and it just worked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes that's how you fun have the most fun. You don't you improvise. You don't really know where you're going, but you get there somehow. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, so is this journey complete for Stratus? Are you guys going to be doing any more expansions, or what is next for Board and Tail?
7: Definitely have some new stuff coming. Um, you know, I, I have some plans for 2019. Uh, we do have uh, a small uh, card-only expansion that uh, has we've been testing quite a bit. Um, you know, it's very close to done. Uh, still, ultimately, thinking, like, what and we're doing with it? Because on the one hand, like, we have a nice little expansion that's really ready. Uh, on the other hand, I've just seen that, uh like for games in general like the two biggest channels are either a distributorship or a kickstarter and that mm-hmm. for second printing of stratos it's it's really i think it's got to be one or the other um you know I, I i can't personally fund it myself you know the uh sales and investment we had took us you know to a certain point yeah uh and that's there is still demand for the the core game like this past uh christmas there were plenty of people contacting me saying hey i see you're sold out where can i get it yeah so there's no, like, if you have the right game, there's no real obsolescence. Like, I know, I know I've, I've heard and followed in different places where, yeah, things have a certain, like, time in the limelight, like whatever, but it, it seems like there are enough people that still love this kind of game and want this kind of experience. So, you know, our plan is definitely to do a new edition of the big box, like, five players all at once, lots uh-huh. of content sort of thing. So... You know, we're planning to do that, uh, you know, at some point this year. Still kind of figuring out our plan exactly. There's in the work as well. So we have a, a very, very light and simple uh, animal card game called Aardvarks and Many Other Creatures. Okay. Uh, that was all basically done. Just really have to formalize the rules and, and put it together and, and get it out. Okay. And uh, other kind of things, uh, you know, earlier on in the works that are in playable prototype, but no real graphics to show yet. So some surprises to come in the new year. Okay, cool. I look forward to that. So,
0: uh, where can people find you? Where Can people get excited about your your existing game and your upcoming games?
7: I uh, see so you should be able to find every link at boardandtail.com. Uh so board is in board game and the full word and then tail uh, t a l e as in the story. Okay, and we will add your link to the notes of the podcast so that you know, And then of course know, all know. the usual places too like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these things. Okay. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. We'll add as many as we can find. <laughs> And uh, yeah. well, I think unless you have anything else, I think that pretty much about wraps it up. So, uh, thank you for your time, and
7: you know, stay in touch. You know, <laughs> and uh, of course, of course, it's been great to get back in touch and, and hear your voice again after these years. You know, yeah, it's been a while, but you know,
0: I'm still going to Comic Palooza. So I don't know if you ever, if you're ever down in Texas again, just let me know. And even if you're going to a different city, we may be able to make the trip. You know, whether you're in Austin, I know they have a Comic Con over there. And uh, I know San Antonio has Pack South. I think that's happening right now. Actually, I don't know if it's this weekend or next weekend that Pack South is going on. I myself may, may try to get a booth a year from now in Pack South to try to promote you know my my
7: Patreon and all that stuff. So uh, and and Comic Palooza cool. next year as well. So uh, well, Actually, excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't wait to go back. You know, I've you know I love my time in Texas and uh, in Houston in particular is just awesome. So definitely look forward to going back as soon as I can.
0: All right. Well, Jacob, what I appreciate a lot, you know, we appreciate your time in coming and talking with us and, you know, supporting our podcast and everything, you know, hanging out with us. And,
7: uh, absolutely. Uh, likewise, you know, um, you know, as you, as you build up your content and whatnot, just, uh, you know, whenever you want me to, to share it, then I absolutely will. Okay. And I will also on more or more the personal side or
0: not so personal, but I'm also developing a board game. I think I told you about this. And I guess at some point, if you don't mind privately, I'd like to pick your brain on my mechanics. Um, because it, it will yeah, be, yeah, there will be some similarities with Magic, where you have characters. Have you played Gloomhaven? Have you? Do you know the mechanics? I of haven't. Uh,
7: I've I've read a bit about it. Uh, I understand like uh, the basic choice system with the card-based combat. Uh, a friend of mine here in Hamilton, uh, who's actually who's also basically become one of my testers. And mm-hmm. uh, Dan, you're awesome. Thank you yeah he got a copy he just he found a copy recently so i think we're gonna play pretty soon
0: okay it's a it's a lot of fun but before gloomhaven came out i was you know i was leaning towards a a pvp but also a co-op slash pvp card game but it's also a board so it's a combination between the card game and the board which is a lot like gloomhaven but very different in respects where you're kind of almost competing against each other in gloomhaven you're cooperating but you know um, but anyway i will i will talk to you about this at some point once i have more definite you know thanks my. mean i mean
7: you know keep, keep working on it um you know especially whenever you feel energized for it just you know just go for it and keep working and uh, yeah when you're ready like you know we'll talk
0: okay well sounds good well jacob i'll let you go since i know you probably have things to do but thank you again for coming and talking with us thanks for having me okay take care bye bye we now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Which is what? What have you been watching? In terms of movies, the streams, you know, whatever. Who wants to take this one first?
2: Well, um, uh, I've been uh watching Band of Brothers. Um, it's about It's, the uh, it's really good, man. Yeah. Um, Excellent. um. It's kind of similar to if you like uh, Save it Private Ryan Then you're going to love this series It's like Saving Private Ryan in steroids <laughs> um, I don't want to say Too much because I don't want to spoil it But um, if you're into that Like war stories and stuff like that Man, you're going to love it
5: Yeah, it's a really solid series
2: <laughs> You know um, Besides movies and stuff no, Not much Um way been way too, way too um, Busy in other stuff
0: uh, has anybody seen anything lately? Like uh, Spider Man I the went to or... a Glass
4: last night. Oh, you did? What's that? Man, uh, M. Knight and I are, are soul brothers. He, he wrote that movie for me. I loved it. Fantastic. Uh, I can see why a lot of people are going to be really. Uh, I don't know if "angry" is the right word, but they're they're (laughs) going to be unhappy with the third act of that movie. But to me, it was perfect. I loved it. I loved every minute of that movie, and so did my wife. Both of us really enjoyed it. James McAvoy deserves a Academy Award. (laughs) That's definitely on my
0: list of stuff to watch.
5: He was astounding in Split. I mean, the fact that he could have overplayed any one of those roles, and he just—he was just right on the edge the entire time. It was a completely believable performance. (laughs) Really good stuff.
4: Add more to that, and that's what you get in in this one, man. It's it's insane. He's he's awesome. And Bruce Willis is pretty good too. And yeah, yeah, everybody was great. Okay. I, I don't want to say anything, but but okay. go see it. It's it's great. It's fantastic. If you like Unbreakable, especially, it's great. Okay, cool. And it's a good sequel to both movies. It's not just a sequel to Unbreakable. It, it was great.
0: That's awesome. anybody else watch anything recent?
5: Well, I was going to say, I haven't been doing a lot that's uh, recent, but I did go back and catch up on a, or uh, uh, revisit a series that I I stumbled across a couple of years ago that is, for my money, some of the funniest stuff that's ever been done. Uh, it's called Party Down. Mm-hmm. And I think it was originally on Stars, but it's uh, Adam Scott as this washed out actor who was, he was going to be something big and then he got, he got into a beer commercial where his slogan was, are we having fun yet? And his career just tanked. And so he's going back to the catering business that he got his start in. And so it's each one of the episodes is named after the event that they're catering. And so it's all these people that are trying to make it in the, in the industry, um, you know, just just living this mundane existence. And it's uh, it's got some fantastic actors in it, Jane Lynch, um, is part of the original cast. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, shoot, she's married to Ron Swanson. <laughs> Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally uh, was, was in it as well, did a great thing. There's a bunch of terrific cameos. Uh, uh, TJ Simmons uh, does a cameo in there. I just There's a ton of stuff in there, and it's absolutely hilarious. When,
0: when is that from?
5: Uh, it's from stars. I think it's about, I think it's four or five years old, so it's okay. not actually recent. This is actually, uh, Adam Scott before he went on to parks and rec, but oh, okay. Okay. he was really kind of honing his craft at that point. He did a terrific job carrying that series.
0: Awesome. Um, uh, anybody else want to talk about what they're watching? Ethan from Texas? What are you watching?
6: Uh, we watched that bird box movie recently.
2: Yes. man, that's good. It's good.
0: It's good. The only, my only, I didn't really like it a lot. The only thing is that I thought it was a little bit too close to uh, what's that other movie? With the quiet place? quiet, place. It's like, yeah, it's like a the quiet, quiet place. place, except with the with the eyes instead of the sound, right? But I, mm-hmm. think, I thought Sandra Bullock did a terrific job. I thought she did a really good job in that movie. But I, I'm, I'm also be kind of happy honest, I saw like, it
4: before the hype hit i'm I'm really happy that i I saw it before the hype because the hype is kind of ridiculous it is i don't <laughs> understand the hype
0: why is it so popular why is it why is I don't know
4: I don't get it, it <laughs> and it would have killed it for me if I wouldn't have seen it the weekend it came out but i I thought it was pretty cool when yeah. I watched it
0: no it was it was really good I talk
2: about fun. the hype uh, the other one black mirror abandoned snatch
0: well I haven't seen have that you... is that the one where you choose your own adventure
2: yeah um it's or? actually it's uh, yeah um actually I even saw all the endings already but oh, cool. uh Man, it's it's kind of addicting because um, yeah, at the like beginning, the way they did it. yeah, it's so cool, and especially for us people that you know we understand like how decision making in video games work and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's more special if you do understand how things like that happen. And uh, man, it's they did it so well, on um, and I don't know if you guys know, but there is this apparent Easter egg uh, that it was already. Oh, who's here? But <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so there was this hidden, <laughs> hidden uh, Easter egg that if you did this combination of whatever options you choose, it will actually take you to a hidden uh, scene where there is this kind of like sound, weird sound that you can barely hear. It's like you know, like almost like an internet connection yeah. back in the day. Um, so people discovered that that sound translated into a code, which it was the same computer code that he was using in the movie. I don't want to spoil it too much, but, you know, um, that code, somebody um, translated it into a QR code, which you can scan with any phone. Sweet. Once you scan that, it oh. will take you to a hidden website, which there it was a website based on the movie. Really? People were watching uh, that, and it was, like, going nuts in Twitter and stuff. Not only that, not only that, whenever somebody clicked on one of the links, it was a downloadable link, which downloaded a video game from the movie that you could actually play, but you needed to run it with an emulator of the computer that the guy was using in the the movie. That's that's wild, man. <laughs> it was crazy man it was crazy i love that
5: <laughs> that is a deep cut right there if you've got to really, take 15 yeah, yeah. steps to get to it then that's that's got to be kind of cool
2: oh my god i love the fact that you could do it from a movie from netflix it's like no nah, that's that's crazy i loved it
0: yeah i really want to see that but uh, sh- uh... And I was going to start it and I was going to watch it with, with Adriana, with my daughter. And uh, uh-huh. and came into the room was like, no, you guys are not watching. I'm like, okay, I guess we're not watching this. Uh, but you know, Adriana Come makes me watch all kinds of scary stuff. So I'm like, I thought this would be okay. But uh, I guess it's a psychological twister, right? Yeah. I imagine mm-hmm. so. But anyway, yeah. but now that Adriana almost came into the channel, I guess we shall call her Mupi. Because she told me that Moopy is the center of Mutant Donkey, like she's the main star. She's in, New York. <laughs> she's in New York right okay. now, trying to connect to us. That's why she was showing up on the on the feed there for a second. Okay. Uh, on a yeah, I'm okay right. with that. Uh, but you know, I told her to drop in, but I think she must be having a bad connection over there. So I guess
4: I'll take the "No, ma'am" banner down, and we can go ahead and allow that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, she's in charge, so if you talk to her about it, <laughs> um, she's the heart and soul. Haven't yeah, you heard? She's the heart yeah, and soul. yeah, the heart and soul. Yeah, she's probably gonna join us for a bit on the next uh, podcast. I uh, can't
4: wait to be called a nerd. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> She's gonna talk about how llamas are so cool and stuff like that. So uh, okay, I guess let's see what I've been watching Attack on Titan. Has anybody watched Attack on Titan?
4: Um oh, yeah. that is, is a rough watch for me. Yeah, it's it, weird. I,
0: I thought it was gonna be really weird, but I got really hooked into it for some reason. Like it like the interaction between the people and the young kids and trying to be part of the military. I don't know, that was interesting to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hooked into finding out a little bit more and more about the world they live in and why things happen the way it happened. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's definitely a weird show, though.
5: It's that hyper violence that I mean, it's one thing if you're like you know the, the grim dark thing really kind of it bums me out. I got to be in the mood for it, mm-hmm. and I mean if you if if you're wanting cartoonish violence, you know you you go with Starship Troopers, um, but. <laughs> Whenever you get into the kind of cartoonish violence that's really meant to be, you know, kind of the centerpiece of it, I I find it really depressing. And to be fair, it was, I've watched the first season, it was really captivating, the story I thought was really compelling. But it's been tough for me wanting to get back into the second season of it and kind of, you know, recommit to that kind of psychological abuse.
0: I can understand that, yeah. It's kind of like the same way I feel when I watch Black Mirror. Like when you go into the next episode, is do I want to get mine raped again? You know, right. Because, like, because you on?
5: just watch the Prime Minister and the pig. Yeah, exactly. What, you're like, what coming? are they going to do as a follow up to yeah, that?
0: Surely they can't be anything worse than this, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and,
5: and then you hit play. <laughs>
0: yeah, then you hit play. And, uh, and then Ethan from Texas uh, got a little bit disturbed with the episode, the Star Trek episode, where the guy, you know. There's a digital footprint of anybody that goes in there and they, they stay trapped over there. Spoilers. <laughs> but that, that, that episode really messed with his mind. And I could see when I was younger, an episode like that would really mess with me, too. Yeah. What is that? Sorry.
4: Okay. <laughs> Somebody's putting their pants on. Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I think somebody just got strangled by their mic. Are you all right? <laughs>
0: you we're successful. So does anybody want to chime in anymore about movies that you want to watch or you have watched?
5: Well, I uh, just watched the trailer for the movie "The Man Who Shot Hitler" and then "The Bigfoot." Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I've got to be honest with you. I'm I'm really intrigued by that. Um, the <laughs> title alone. The, there are certain That's movies sale, where you hear right
4: the there. title. Yeah, they have to get right. the title.
5: Right, I mean, you hear John dies at the end, and you're like, "Well, yeah, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta put that theory to a
4: test." Or... Awesome movie, by the way. Good call. Good call. Right, so if, <laughs> yeah, it's right really good. Yeah.
5: Well, and so I was watching the trailer, and I was kind of, I kind of had Bubba Ho in mind. I was like, yes, "Is this one of those ones where <laughs> kind of like, is this real or not?" or and then I realized I didn't care. I, I want to see an old man shoot Hitler and then hunt a Bigfoot. I want to <laughs> see. Keep talking, Sam... man.
4: You're 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 singing my favorite song. Just keep talking.
5: I'm just, just saying. I just Sam Elliott walking around with that, you know, out in the middle. Just shoot Bigfoot. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Put it on the screen. I'll watch it. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I'm. So, um, uh, have you guys seen the trailer for Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home?
4: Yeah. Yeah. it Looked alright. Looked pretty good. Pretty
0: good. Yeah. Yep. I'm not familiar with that particular villain, so I don't know what to think. Uh, think.
4: Mysterio was a special effect artist Mm -hmm. that had delusions of grandeur. So uh, judging by that preview, I would guess he created that water elemental and is making himself look like a hero. Oh, Okay, gotcha. That's why he stopped. That was how I read it, too. Yeah. And and so he's wanting to to step out as being like the big savior and become a hero and get famous but so like in the end he's gonna end up being the bad guy
0: yeah that's what i've heard so uh, what about captain marvel and their latest trailer
4: uh yeah basically that's setting up the whole scroll hidden wars uh drama that played out in the comics um i think that's gonna set things up for what's gonna play out in the next avengers movie
5: well and i've got to be honest i'm I'm feeling superhero fatigue right now. Yeah, um, most of us is. Yeah. I I've enjoyed. There's been a lot of great superhero movies out. I mean, I I'm not faulting them for making you know putting out bad product or anything, but there at some point I don't want to see how somebody gets their power and comes to terms with it and then fights off a bad guy. Um, <laughs> I've enjoyed kind of the the Avengers arc because it's. It, there's not as much of that in there, and I, I probably will be, you know, going to see the next Infinity War in uh, in theaters. But yeah. it's going to take something really special for me to want to go out and, you know, find a babysitter, talk my wife into it, yeah, and yeah. go see a superhero movie in the theaters anymore.
4: Yeah. Well, I, really I think the way to look at it is the next Avengers movie is the curtain call. I mean, that's that's going to be the signing off of the old guard. So. Mm-hmm. At this point, whether or not Captain Marvel gets you to sign on for the next generation or not kind of is irrelevant. I, I don't know necessarily if any of them are going to be as popular or famous as the first round anyway. But I mean, right. Does, does that mean that
0: DC missed the curtain call together or what?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, DC's already come out and said because of how great Aquaman was, yeah, uh, they're done with a shared universe. They don't want to do a shared universe anymore. They learned their lesson. They'll let Marvel keep doing that, and they're just going to do solo movies. Yeah.
5: Well, and the fact of the matter is, is that DC, they've always done their their animated films are just superb. I Every time there's oh, yeah. a DC animated film, I'm super excited about it. Um, their live action stuff has been really hit or super miss. Mostly and miss, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that they ought to consider doing is, I mean, you look at Aquaman. He's a character that has been ridiculed for generations because he's the one that can talk to fish, um, yeah. and they kind of <laughs> reinvent the character and make it into something a little more marketable and more fun. And frankly, you know, kind of do the same reboot that they did for Batman mm-hmm. um, and kind of you know took him away from Adam West and gave him to Tim Burton, and now all of a sudden he's an actual hero. There's a lot of like really great second and third tier DC characters I actually would kind of get excited seeing on the big screen. Um, I One of the things I, I watched a few months ago, I've, again, because I saw it when it was originally out, was uh, the uh, Justice League Unlimited and all those really goofy kind of, kind of deep cut characters. Yeah. I'd love to see a whole movie based on the question. Just a dude with no face yeah. that is yeah. all into conspiracy theories. Yeah,
4: that would be pretty cool. Well, if they would have gone that route and made a live-action Teen Titans go instead of a cartoon movie or if they would have made a uh, uh, Justice League movie centered on the Wonder Twins they would have <laughs> they would have banked I mean if they would have done something that crazy and, and just ludicrous they would have made tons of money because it wasn't the serious downer movies that all the Marvel movies are turning into right but what but, about the
0: live uh, the live-action uh, DC exclusive from their channel
4: they uh, yeah nobody cares about dc paying them you do watch anybody's watching the titans right it's supposed to be pretty good and, and yeah. yeah they do have a following but i don't know anybody that's gonna pay dc just to watch a dc show
0: yeah and i'm in the same trouble i have so many i subscribe to so many streams i mean three amazon hulu and netflix i don't want to add a fourth one i don't even know if i want to add disney to tell you the truth right, because it's right. Just, you're just adding and, and adding and adding when do you stop you know
5: and the thing is, is that now everybody's got their own channel. Disney's getting their own channel. Yeah. You've got uh, uh, Star
4: Trek, um, the, the Star Trek series yeah. that's out there. That's you gotta... I really yes. been wa- yeah. Yeah. wanting
0: to watch that one, but I haven't been able to because I don't want to subscribe to a channel just to watch that. Like...
4: Yeah, I get mad every time I see those commercials because it looks awesome. But, yeah. but to be honest, the best Star Trek thing I've seen in forever is the Orville.
0: Yeah, I love the Orville too, but a lot of people don't. I don't know why.
5: (laughs) Well, I think that the Orville kind of works because McFarland himself is a Star Trek fan and he, he, with all satire, it doesn't work if you don't love the source material. So the fact that he's kind of making fun of it, it doesn't really betray, betray the fact that those are really some of the best Star Trek shows that have come out in the last, you know, 15 years.
4: Well, and plus the the reality that's kind of mixed in, like with the kids hijacking the machines to to, to get liquor and go hide yeah. off in the in somewhere and drink it. I mean, that, that kind of stuff that's mixed in is awesome. I loved it.
5: And to be honest, Seth MacFarlane doing his deadpan thing is, is a-
4: oh yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just although I,
0: I get disturbed at his face. It's like he's wearing a mask of somebody else's face. I don't know if he had like a bunch of Botox or what, but his face is... we we just watched the. Uh, what? A Hundred Ways to Die in the West, West or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, last oh, night? Great movie. Uh, yeah, I thought it was yeah, hilarious. It completely tasteless, but I am completely tasteless too, so that's my <laughs> kind of movie. So it's well, just uh, really cool. I, I just
5: love, there's there's one joke in that movie that's kind of a thrill, but it's one of those great subversions where um, there's the classic line. Anytime somebody shows up in a scene, somebody will go, you're late. Yeah, not exactly. advance advanced plot. It just is this little <laughs> bit of conflict. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. He heals it perfectly. It's, you're late. For what? For what? I'm a ship farmer, damn it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Not, we're, we live in the middle of nowhere. We don't do anything. What am I late for?
0: Yeah, it cracked me up when, when the, he comes back and he says, hey, mom, dad, just for kicks, one day would you guys mind switching seats? Because you're always on the same spot. It's just, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. But, uh,
5: and... that that scene with Neil Patrick Harris having stomach troubles is pretty rough though. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't, I can't get my uh, wife to rewatch the second oh, half of that movie so cuz when, scene... when he kicks
4: <laughs> when he kicks, kicks the, the hat. hat. <laughs> oh. Oh gross.
5: That's a tough one.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. Oh man. So, anybody like... excited for Shazam?
4: I think it's going to be good. I like Chuck so, yeah,
5: it's good to see yeah. Chuck getting work, but again, yeah, I can't. I mean, can't. it's, it's,
4: it's going to be a throwaway movie, but I'll have fun. I'll have a good time. I mean, the you last time right. I
0: summoned the big screen was the Chipmunks or something, right? Or did he do something after that?
4: I think you've said enough.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think that says it all right there.
5: Yeah. That that pulled the picture into perfect focus <laughs> yeah. in one sentence.
0: I no, I, sorry, the Smurfs. Was he in the Smurfs? In the Smurfs Either movie? way, really. Okay, it I doesn't
5: mean. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that we've that we're talking about three different franchises and going was that him and then it wouldn't matter if it was him or maybe not
4: you know. So so anyway, to bring it back to what Ethan was talking about with the animated DC, did you guys have you guys watched Batman Ninja? Yeah, I've
0: been wanting to. I haven't, I haven't seen
4: that one yet. I just watched it last week, Batman Ninja. Man, you guys have to see that movie. It's insane. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen and and it works. Is it's it on so Netflix weird. Or what? No, I uh I may have used some nefarious method to watch the movie myself, but oh dear. Uh, see it any way you can. That movie is amazing, okay. and, and if you can imagine, like classic uh, Akira-style anime, uh, true Japanese artists making a Batman movie, uh-huh. making it in like feudal Japan. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. I do want to see that. Not the art
5: direction movie. in that movie does look sick. And it's weird. It's so weird, weird, yeah. Movie.
0: Now that we're talking anime and Akira ta- type stuff, what is that movie with the girl with the bionic... Uh, uh, Battle girl?
4: Angel
5: Alita.
0: Yes, I really want to see that. Wasn't there like a series yeah. back in the 90s about that?
5: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I found three Battle Angel Alita books as I was cleaning out my office. Oh yeah? Nice. Um, so what's and, your
0: story? Yeah, they what's she about? A,
5: well, so the story is pretty, it's, uh, there's this guy that, uh, we've got a separated society. You've got the rich people that are floating around in these giant cities and the poor people that live underneath them. Cause whenever they dump their garbage, they can kind of live off of them. So this okay. doctor goes into a garbage pile and he finds basically the head and part of the torso of a cyborg. And then he recreates her. Well, the brain that was inside of it is still, was still viable. And so while she's an amnesiac, um, she kind of is discovering the world, but as she's discovering the world, she also is starting to have these old memories where she's actually, like, the greatest warrior that's ever existed. Huh. So, um, yeah, and it it's this look at the kind of dystopian world that she's living in, and, you know, it's the eat or be eaten kind of thing, and uh, and then she, like, makes people's heads explode.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Oh, dear.
2: <laughs> Sounds really interesting.
5: Well, the thing that's... I. I'm really. I want to see the movie. I'm really excited to see it. I'm not sure if the if the computer generated giant eyes are ever settle for me. Every time I've seen the commercial for it, I found it really off putting.
2: Yeah, me too. I saw it and I was like, okay, this is the old CGI. Like it's taking the all the concentration only on the eyes. Like what the hell?
5: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's great that the doctor from the opening Kelvin scene and the uh, star trek reboot got more work but i'm just not sure that i don't know i'm i'm reserving judgment i'm still excited to see the movie though
0: yeah, yeah me too and wasn't there something similar in that same vein uh squirrel girl hasn't that been cast like the at&t girl whatever commercial
3: mm? uh, oh i haven't was, seen anything on
0: was it that yet. an actual
5: thing i thought that was a joke yeah. Yeah, no
0: i Are think that's really an actual thing it? i think she has been really casted yeah I, I don't know the name of the actress what's the actress from the at&t commercial uh, she was also in that love show from Netflix. Uh, briefly, she played a girlfriend.
5: Yeah, you're really barking up the wrong tree with me yeah. on this one. I don't know. <laughs>
0: anyway, um, I guess let's go back to something that we all like and love: Ghostbusters. Three has been announced, right? Or that they're working, starting to work on it.
5: I have heard about that. Um, I, again, I'm I'm reserving judgment. I've realized recently. It used to be that you'd have those big developers that would kick out a game every so often, and they would just be... They would just absolutely blow your nips off every time. If you had a Fallout game that was going, coming out, you knew it was going to be a good game. Oh, boy. But <laughs> recently... Oh, um, nobody's going under the yeah. bus on this one, but recently, <laughs> you've got these games that have come out where the pedigree is perfect, and yet there's some fundamental mechanic on it that is... Broken, Mm -hmm. and so I'm really—I don't pre-order. I've never really been that guy. But if I were buying video games more regularly now, I would be religious about that.
2: Follow for the seventy-six.
5: We're until we get to
0: our news segment for that one. (laughs) 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 Um. but yeah, I guess Ghostbusters three is supposed to be what, like four kids. I don't know if they're kids or teenagers, right? Maybe two, go- two guys and two girls. And I guess there's been some kind of friction because the people that like the 2016 movie are starting to complain about this Ghostbusters because they so wanted the to continue. People? Yeah, the yeah. people that liked. Yeah, it. both of them. Both yeah. of them are really upset. So <laughs> they wanted the Ghostbusters to continue the girls' story, and now that it's going to be something completely new. But it's like the son of the original director, right, or somebody like that. Yeah, so yeah,
4: uh, Jason Reitman he's he's yeah. directing, and Dan Aykroyd's been involved the whole time. So this okay. is the sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Okay.
5: Although, so yeah, my wife and I watched the the female reboot of Ghostbusters, and of course we didn't we didn't find it all that great, but it was hilarious because my wife she doesn't doesn't care about Ghostbusters one way or the other, but I told her I was like, yeah, they're making a, a Ghostbusters three, and it's apparently going to be a sequel to. The second Ghostbusters, and they're just sort of writing out the, the female version. She's like, no, that doesn't work. And I'm like, why? You hated the movie? And she's like, yeah, but they made the movie. That means it exists. They have to deal with it now.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they're going to write it out. I think that was the whole point in the teaser of showing the barn and the Ecto-1 covered. They're like in Smallville right now or something. You know, They're, they're like in the middle of nowhere. So they're not going back to the city, I don't think. The city is where the girls are. I think they're going to be somewhere completely different, and they're even if they don't address things. it. They, they, I don't think they're going to completely ignore it.
0: It's going to be like a, strangers thing, a Stranger Things uh, thing, where you have the four kids in the remote area, and they, something interesting happens.
4: I mean, it could be, but I, I think it's going to center around Dan Aykroyd. I don't think it's going to oh, literally really? center around other kids. Yeah, I think it's okay. going to center around him. And we still don't even know if Bill Murray's going to come back because he's always said he'd never do it, but. Yeah. At the same time, every time he says he's not doing it, Dan Aykroyd is saying he's doing it. So.
0: But Bill Murray did have a cameo in the other one, did he? Didn't he in the 2016?
4: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He was the, the, the <coughs> unbeliever. Yeah, he was the guy that said ghosts aren't real in the yeah. that one. But that was just a big joke to him. He doesn't really <laughs> no. want to be no the guy anymore. Peter Venkman,
5: <laughs> which I is too bad because that is coolest. exactly
4: who he is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In yeah, even more so now than he was in the past. <laughs>
5: Correct. So yeah. You know, just, just show up. Just literally put all of his lines with uh, Bill Murray and then yeah. the line. And then he'll just say them. Then you just like later, I'm like, ah, you're credited as a Venkman. Deal with it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy if he doesn't even have any lines. If he just shows up, I'm good. He just go stares it. at them the whole time? Just yeah. waves. Or who knows, <laughs> dies. If he shows up and dies immediately, I'm good. I'll <laughs> see it. <clears throat> yeah, we need Steven Seagal to show up and then just die, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So now that we're, we're actually in the new segment territory now that we're talking about all the upcoming stuff, so what do you guys think about the Witcher Netflix series?
4: Well, uh, I don't like to, to, to hate without seeing first, so yeah, but i mean, you about judgment it? I, I watch at least the first episode. Yeah.
0: I mean, do you think Superman's going to be a good... Uh, it's Superman that they're casting, right? Um, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Cabell. Cabell. yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think he's going um, to make a good Witcher?
2: Uh, we have to see it's like he said i, I don't i really don't want to judge i just want to see and look and judge after <laughs>
5: yeah. well and the thing is is that there's all that controversy around Yeah, it's been mentioned that uh, what is it the forced diversity of the cast or whatever yeah yeah and the fact of the matter is i was looking back through some of my old movies and boy you want diversity that's you know, it's and it's not forced, but if you want real diversity and to show how it can sort of effortlessly flow into a movie, go back and watch the original Conan the Barbarian from uh-huh. 1982.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. I mean, there's just you know, yeah. you've got you know, you've got an Austrian playing you know this this barbarian. You've got the you you've got the the Japanese wizard. You've got the kind of Mongolian sidekick played by a Hispanic dude. It's almost like a India
0: adventure. It's weird.
5: It's 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 the perfect D adventure, and it's one of those ones where they're technically historically you wouldn't have had quite of that 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 mix of of ethnicity and background, but if you just throw it in, you're just like whatever, just deal with it. They're kind of they're kind of in the middle, you know, kind of this weird Middle Eastern sort of area, so everybody can get there. It, it worked out great. I yeah. I genuinely loved it. It never occurred to me to be like. Well, wait a minute. Why is he hanging out with somebody that's, you know, that skin color? Yeah. Why is everybody pretending they can understand Arnold Schwarzenegger? I you just, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to believe any of it. <laughs> oh,
3: man. Well.
0: Yeah, I think we're generating a lot of uh, expectations nowadays that back then we just didn't have. Um, a good movie was just a good movie. You just watched it because it was a good movie, not because you know, they casted this person or that person or, you know, combination of people or whatever. I don't know.
2: Uh, I just hope they do it good. That's all. Yeah.
5: It it's, it's a property that deserves that kind of respect. Yeah. And I yeah. hope
0: they don't have to digitally remove or add beards.
4: With Henry oh Palo my God. Was...
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Jesus. Depending on what other
0: projects he might be working on at the time, you know.
4: <laughs> Honestly, I'll, I'll be happy even if it's okay. Because The Witcher is so rich that, I mean, it, it's a tough thing to do anyway. If, if the show is just okay, I'll be happy. I'll keep watching it. I mean, well,
0: in the. If they cast him as an asshole, I'm happy.
4: Because that's who he is. The Witcher is
0: just a guy that doesn't give a crap about anybody else. Or and just indifferent. Yeah, indifferent. It doesn't like, necessarily I, have to
4: be a complete asshole, yeah. but just indifferent.
0: Well, that's the way I play him in my game. I play The Witcher. <laughs> I, I, like, beat up anybody that comes up to my face. You know, just <laughs> screw you. you know? You're done.
5: That NPC <laughs> that gets a little too lippy when you walk by. Yeah, uh, I
0: just, I just, you'll know better next time. <laughs> I just stop, get off my for- horse and carefully spit slap. Yeah, basically. well the
5: thing that really gives me kind of hope and 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 i'm excited is that recently a lot of books have been getting transformed and getting the long the long form series treatment it's been done really well um so even if you know maybe the cast isn't perfect or you know superman can't really pull off the character you know amazingly in those long forms there it's it's a more forgiving form that you're Mm -hmm. able to kind of build on stuff and kind of correct for the mistakes of the past, and you, you can really turn it into something that's pretty impressive. Um, everybody, of course, always has to go to Game of Thrones right now as, oh, this is going to be Netflix's Game of Thrones or whatever, but the fact of the matter is, the fact that Game of Thrones did it so well now means that we're going to yeah. get these these really these really honest, authentic and, you know, series that people are really taking seriously. Yeah,
4: yeah, and, and, and we win as the fans. We're the, we're the winners of this product. Yes. Well, and to build off of that, too, uh, talking about the long form of of books, I mean, a lot of this deals with the scripts also. I mean, there was nothing wrong with Henry Cavill as Superman. The problem was the script. The script of Superman was bad. So if these shows are written well, then that makes all the difference.
5: Yeah, Absolutely. It's how they
4: adopt all that long form into a a script. Mm And uh, what
0: about The Punisher? I I haven't started stuff. yet
4: i'm still behind on uh daredevil
0: oh you are that that last season of daredevil to me was one of the best seasons of any superhero i've ever seen from any anything i really love that daredevil season i, I don't know I why think i'm really i'm, I'm
4: prolonging watching uh punisher because i know it's going to get canceled next week so i just want to <laughs> wait <laughs> and then just enjoy it over time well, I guess everything's migrating towards Disney, right? Towards their channel. Right, that's exactly what it is, yeah. Are they
0: launching at the end of this year or early next year? Or what's the deal?
4: They're launching this year, yeah. This year,
0: okay. Yeah, that's too bad because I, I love all that stuff, but I really don't know if I'm
4: going to get their subscription. I don't know. Well, none of that is transferring over because Netflix oh, owns the rights to those shows. So, no, they, they've said somehow the Daredevil character might carry on, which makes me wonder if he's going to show up in the next gen of Avengers people or something. Mm-hmm but the shows themselves the only thing they could possibly do is just like the comics iron fist and daredevil had their own comic mm-hmm. and misty and daredevil's girlfriend also had their own comic yeah so disney could potentially create those shows okay. but it would have to be new ip yeah. they they can't use the same ip that netflix owned yeah
0: because i think iron fist wasn't that least popular one of the series like the
4: four yeah but that second but, season but it, was getting really
0: interesting. it was getting yeah
3: interesting.
0: and then they canceled it when it was getting good so,
5: See yeah. for, for me, Iron Fist was it was the beginning and middle of a really good. I exactly. Um, I liked the character. I thought that the, the all those Netflix shows have fantastic fight choreography. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, They're insane man. And it they, they do it really well. And it was just this part where it, it kind of had a weak third act, and then they they brought all of that into the Defenders and yeah. It got bogged down really quickly, and again, it's really too bad because there's some really great talent that's working on those shows, oh, yeah. both in front and behind the cameras.
4: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Full disclosure: I'm a Marvel fanboy, so I'm I'm gonna always put Marvel before DC anyway. But just like Ethan, I'm I'm getting burnt out on all of them. So uh, yeah, it's tough because, like you said, there was some great writing there, definitely some great acting. And, and it sucks because I think, like you said, that was a great beginning and middle act. And all of them, I think, were, were growing to become better. But it'll never get there.
5: Yeah. And the fact is, is that you've you've only got a shelf life of so long if you can't find your audience. You know, if your audience starts declining by the midpoint of the second season, you got some real problems.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so, uh, so I think Josue wanted to talk about Bethesda, right?
3: Follow no. No, thank you. <laughs>
2: no, thank you. Man, that's 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 one game that I knew since before the launch that was gonna be horrible. I didn't even buy it. I told all my friends, don't buy it, they bought it, now they're regretting it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I told you. Yep. no, hell you. no.
0: You should have been playing Pokemon with me.
3: <laughs>
0: exactly. Don't <laughs> play that '76 stuff. So '76 is an open world
4: kind of MMO game, right? Yep,
2: open world, we were, but I think, then I think online.
4: You, you, you meant to say empty world, right? Empty world. world. Empty world. <laughs> 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 so,
2: Jesus.
0: But did, did you see the news segment that I posted on there where the they're banning YouTubers that are pointing out the bugs? Yeah, the uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Know. How did the that They've done that people? forever. That's
3: that's yeah. insane.
0: I thought they would take that as a constructive criticism,
4: like say, "Oh, thank you for pointing out." You know, but... no, they, they know their game's bad enough without any help. Yeah. Yep.
5: So, the thing is, is that I've I've watched a couple of uh, a couple of YouTube channels playing it because you know I, I don't pre-order, um, and it was one of those things where you know it, the almost immediate reaction was how bad. It was, and again, that doesn't put me off of a game necessarily. There's a few games out there that are just been right. absolutely destroyed for being. Fatally broken, and I've still had a good time with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, like Alien Colonial Marines, you played I, that. I, I've beaten it several times. I actually wow. really enjoy it. And yes, the that the, is the alien one AI, in the world, man. The alien <laughs> AI is broken, um, but it's one of those things where I had such a love for the movie, and they did such a great job of recreating you know elements from the movie. That sure, I'm willing to play through some goofy you know voice yeah. acting by Michael Bean. Yeah, I mean, you got the passion. I'm, Right, and so whenever 76 was getting all of that bad press, I was like, yeah, but I really like Fallout. So maybe it's just, maybe it's one of those things like the original uh, release of uh, No Man's Sky.
0: Yeah.
5: Everybody was saying, I want my money back. And I'm, they're like, you can't do anything. You're just on a planet naming stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's why I bought it. <laughs> I'm, I'm out there naming stuff right now. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna find these. Right, somebody's going to find this planet one day and just be like, what the hell was wrong with this guy? Yeah. Um. And so it wasn't like it was an immediate write-off, but, yeah, apparently everybody's saying that there's just nothing. It's just little... There's packet. nothing to
2: do. Yeah, like, it, it, remember, it, people have a, a mental picture of uh, what a, what an MMO RPG is, and all these other MMOs, they have a lot of stuff to do. Um, and when you think about, also... All the past um, Bethesda games, they have all these major bugs when they come out. Combining that with a multiplayer for the oh, first yeah. time oh, ever, yeah. like, that's a no-no. Like, I knew it. I knew it that I was going to fail. <laughs>
3: yeah, well,
0: I wish more people had listened to you. But so, uh, uh, Ethan from California brought up a good point about aliens, right? Did you play Alien Isolation?
5: yeah so here's the other thing I saw Alien and Aliens when I was way too young Um, literally to this literally to this day I the creatures of my nightmares are Giger's Aliens and so they're terrifying to me oh I I gave you that game
0: I gave you that game I forgot
5: I know you didn't that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap you up here So just it's it's like two years ago and it's my birthday and this like pops up and I'm like, oh great, he wanted to give me a coronary for my birthday. (laughs) So so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is fine, this is fine. I've beaten alien, you know, alien colonial marines. There's a couple of scary, really well developed levels in that game that sort of mirror this. It's that whole stealth kind of gotta stay away thing. I put on alien isolation, I got onto the station. I'm walking down the hall, and all I hear is something skitter through the vents over my head, and I'm like, "Done." Nope, yep. I got two and a half hours into that game. I haven't even seen the alien yet. I I literally have to have all the lights on. My kids have to be accounted for because they <laughs> sneak up on you, and all they want to do is like be cute and loving and give you a hug. But it's really tough whenever you're trying to pull your dad off the ceiling because she was busy trying to craft a monkey wrench or something, and you know something skittered through the. Some of the skitters around next to me and then gives me a hug no that's that's just a heart attack waiting to happen <laughs> oh, that right. being said i i am actually looking forward to the, the next one that's coming out well that, that's I, what I'm,
0: brings me to that they announced the next one but then they were talking about a, a mobile mobile game for the next one is that the true sequel to the next
3: to this one uh, yeah i heard of yeah, something yeah, it is
2: oh it is don't you guys have phones yeah don't you guys have phones? <laughs> that was horrible man
5: so, Boy, I really stepped on a landmine yeah. there. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And then people saw that, and then mobile games kept getting announced. Yep.
3: Well, I
0: think I know. China is the driving factor, right? I mean, they're so popular over there. They make money regardless of whether they're popular in the West.
2: I mean, like, everything has its place. Yeah, mobile games, is, it's is good. Um, but, you know, it's not... It, it, that's not the big majority. A lot of people are just still PC gamers. But, you know... This Diablo fiasco is. I don't know. That's way too, way too much.
5: And it didn't have to be a fiasco. It could have just been like, "Hey, we're taking this property in a different direction. Something for a more casual gamer." And everybody would have to cut the head holes because you had it right. But no, don't you have phones?
2: Yeah, that's you, yeah, exactly. Out. You know, you know how how they would have make it better. At least release a teaser of the next PC Diablo game. Yeah, like phone, uh, right? game. Like Bethesda. That they announced at the end only a freaking video of uh, um, Elder Scrolls Six, that thing you know make everybody freak out. Just do something, something. Only the logo. Just imagine this at the very end. Oh, and the and the latest um, announcement: the logo of Diablo Four. They will have gone insane. Like people will have been yeah. No matter if it was like coming in two years. That's all they needed to do.
0: But my real yeah. question is, who's doing is this? Is this Activision or is this, this Blizzard? Is Blizzard now completely owned by Activision? And they're just kind of like in the passenger seat going, Oh, I don't know where we're going. We're going
4: to crash, you know? Because... <laughs> well, Activision does own Blizzard. But, yeah. and, and they are going to want to monetize as much as they can. So I think that's the compromise. Is Blizzard's going to take forever to get what they want out. So Activision was like, okay, well, in the meantime, you need to give this this. Yeah. But I think when they messed up was instead of saying this is the next... They should have mm-hmm. said this is another,
2: or one of them, or just even right. though they confirm it later that there that's only one of them. <laughs> but still, they did not do it in the official announcement.
4: Yeah, right. and, and what you know, you could have even just said instead of showing something, you could have said, well, you know, while you wait for 4, yeah, this is, is something to fill the time. Exactly. I mean, they had
0: already announced Warcraft Three Remaster, which I'm personally excited for, so I would have been good with that for now. Um,
4: yeah, the
2: thing is that, remember, there's a lot of Diablo um, fans that are really hardcore with it, and yeah. <laughs> then showing a Warcraft 3 to them is nothing. No, know? but
0: I know. I mean, I, I've been a Diablo fan since the first one. I was playing Diablo back in 98, right? It was released in 97, I think? So I started playing it like in 98 or so, and I've been a fan of Diablo <clears> ever <throat> since. I mean, it's a, it's a great series.
4: Because I'm an addict, and uh, you guys need this, I will play both of those games and let you know. The mobile, the mobile games? Yeah, the, okay. the alien one and the Diablo one. I'll let you guys know. Okay. You're okay. you're willing to take those bullets for us, uh, huh? Yeah. The Diablo bullet, I, I may get uh, like skimmed a little bit. The alien bullet, I'll take full on in the chest. But <laughs> Diablo, I'll at least you know dodge a little bit. I'll try it. We'll see. To be honest,
2: I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna have a good time on the Diablo mobile game. But you know, it's. it's I mean, <laughs> 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 I'm probably gonna you know enjoy it a lot. Like I'm, I really don't. It doesn't matter. But uh, they should have done something more. Yeah, I know.
0: I agree. Yeah. But while you guys are playing uh, that, I'm gonna be playing probably Dead Space 2, because I haven't played it yet. I played the first beautiful. one on the original on Xbox 360. What beautiful games,
4: man! So uh, yeah,
0: favorite. I need to play Dead Space 2, Yeah. Too, yeah. I got it oh, installed. Yeah. On my Steam thing is waiting for
5: me. Out of curiosity, are there aliens skittering through yes. uh, heating vents in there? Yes. Oh yeah. Cooling cool, cool
0: vents, heating vents, all kinds of vents. Yes. And you have to feel <laughs> like,
6: you gotta cut them up, and then they yeah. get yeah. at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, yeah who's the coming. one that said?
2: Who's the one that said that that um, that like that that kind of thing? Uh, not our, too long ago. From our group. Uh huh.
4: That we like aliens. Uh huh. I don't know. That—that's uh, pretty much all of us, yes, I think. It, oh, okay. Except okay. For, except for <laughs> I mean, Adam's from California. He doesn't like aliens.
5: Oh, I—I I love them <laughs> actually. I think that it's a fantastic franchise. I, I All of them in the theater, but make no mistake—he
4: doesn't want to be murdered by one.
5: This is this is literally like therapy for me. This is yeah. me going into it, just like all right, I'm going to confront my darkest fear and I'm going to overcome it, and then you know, you know, people are getting torn apart and melted on screen and i walk out and i'm like i'm a better person but as soon as you drop me into the video game version where it's me on the line nope
4: can't do it yeah exactly so see i'm i'm, yeah. I'm kind of parallel to you but i skew away where i'm such not a people person that the fact that everybody is dying but me is perfect i love it i'll play every, <laughs> every minute of it it's, <laughs>
0: very <laughs> it's a very peaceful experience because you're by yourself everything's nice and quiet you know except for brief periods of frenzy but other than that it's pretty good
5: And then, well, I I actually watched a uh, a thing on YouTube that was describing how they made the AI for that game. Oh, wow. And it's absolutely fascinating that there's actually two AIs driving the alien. So not only is it accommodating for how you're going to get attacked, it's giving you down times in the middle so you can actually kind of, you know, relax a little bit. That's awesome. And that's usually when my children strike.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's like a behind-the-scenes roller coaster.
5: It was fascinating. It was really interesting.
4: Man, and a couple times uh, an alien will actually
2: sneak on you, no make, no sound, like, and then all of a sudden when you turn around, it's right there, like about to attack you, like, <laughs> and it's random. It's not like it's you know program. It's random.
5: And the part no. that's really scary is is that that alien is because the AI is actually hunting you. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah. pre-designed. It is. It's in a search pattern. It's gonna find you. It's <laughs> terrifying. Oh, so what?
4: that's why I'm a little interested in, the, in the, the mobile game, because one of the things I read, and I don't know if any of this is true, because there's not much information that's true out there about it, but one of the things I read is that they're actually using the mobile platform. So there's a game on the Oculus um, the Oculus Go, this, the, the smaller one, that it's a stealth game, but what you're doing is you're a fourth party, and you're looking through cameras, and you're directing the person where to go and where to hide based on what you're seeing from the cameras so from what i've read that alien game on the mobile might be like that where you have the detector and you're seeing the signals and then you also are looking at cameras on the ship and you're directing the the people stealthily how to avoid the alien but i have a i have a logistics
0: question when you're playing those mobile games and you're playing them for a long time i mean do people just keep their phones charged the whole time because batteries are crap nowadays when you're playing those games right
4: uh i have a 10xs now an iphone 10xs yeah and this battery i have never had a problem with my other one would die immediately but this one i i mean i charge it at night when i go to bed and okay. i never and i'm playing this thing all day really
0: okay well that's actually um, encouraging Do you think, is there an equivalent for the android
4: users uh well does, yes does and no even- i mean as long as you're sticking with the samsung phones you're probably fine mm-hmm. um it just depends the more third party you go the the less likely your battery is going to be Okay. that's because that's one of the places they cut costs. Mhm. Gotcha. So now
2: we're. Yeah, that Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the no, other no. one is just having a battery backup, you know. Um, yeah. Like playing the Pokemon game that I'm telling you about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't only use out of you know internet connection. It also uses the um, GPS at the same oh, yeah. times because it has to know where you are. And uh, yeah, if it's really hot outside, even the phone can heat up on you. Um so, you yeah, have to have unlimited
0: data to play that, right? Otherwise, Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah definitely. I don't
0: have unlimited data on my phone. I, I really don't use data outside of my...
2: Yeah, it's not a must, but if you want the best experience, you have to, because um, there are things that won't load on you correctly. You won't even be able to see, um, let's say, a, a picture of something. Um, yeah, so it will take a long time to load. hmm
4: yeah, I, I, I'm a killer of unlimited data. To go back to me doing things when I'm not supposed to be doing things, I'm streaming uh, shows and movies on my way to work and on my way home. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you should have out. one
2: of those cases. There's a case
4: <laughs> There's a case
2: that is actually uh, also um, a battery. So yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> it charges no, it. The... I just plug it in the car and put it in the dash. Just yeah. The oh,
0: that's cool. So uh, as long as we're talking about like space games... There's a topic that relates to Ethan from California regarding the recently canceled Star Wars game, open <sighs> world game. Because I know that you're a you're a big fan. You 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 were a big fan of Star Wars Galaxies, right?
5: Um, I really enjoyed Star Wars Galaxies. Um, that was a a game that died horribly because they just couldn't figure out what they wanted it to be, uh, which is too bad because it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could play Jedi, you could play bounty hunters. What else could you do in that game?
5: Well. Okay, first of all, when you started, you couldn't be a Jedi. There was oh, no. like this hellacious quest that you could go through. By the time, and you know, you had to hit all these different planets and find all these different places. And so, you would occasionally, about one in every thousand or two thousand players, bump into a Jedi. But it was um, it was a great game. Uh, they did great with multi uh, multi level, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, multi role characters. Uh, my first character was an assassin entertainer so you know you just walk into the scene and start dancing, dancing with you and then like ah, knife to the neck and go um but it was it was great the uh the big expansive open worlds the you know the all those crazy little places that were in the the, the movies that you'd go visit and it was really fun because you could also if you were high enough level create your own little cities on different planets so cool. um the the thing was, is that the running gag was that anytime you were on Tatooine, somebody always opened a city called Las Vegas. <laughs> and so if you went to Las Vegas, you knew that A, the dancing was good because, you know, dancer assassin. Um, and B, you knew that some, some player out there was keeping it real and having a big old time. So, you know, good times. <laughs> was um, there another
0: game after that?
5: Well, they did, uh, what is it, The Old Republic?
0: Yeah, was that any good? Um, The beginning. Not to be confused with that of The Old Republic, which was a great. No, no, which was great
5: RPGs uh, by Bioware. But it it was just kind of flat. It felt like every other Fetch and Quest MMO that was on the market. It just had kind of vaguely Star Wars ish skins.
2: From what I heard, they have been uh, making it better. There has been lots of updates and expansions and stuff. I played it a lot for maybe a year. Um, At the beginning, yeah, it's like you said, it felt really common, um, flat, not that engaging. But um, at the end of um, the time that I was playing, it was getting better. And it's been... It's been a while since I've played that game again. And um, I will give it a try again just in case. And, you know, maybe it's. I mean, maybe it's do
0: you better. guys think that there's plenty of room or is the Star Wars market saturated? I mean, why was that game canceled?
5: Again, I think that you've got that huge amount of backlash against EA for for all the loot boxes and all the ridiculousness that they were, mm-hmm. you know, microtransacting the hell out of their players. Um, and as it turns out, the gaming community, you burn them. Tough to get their love back. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you're staring down the barrel at another multi billion dollar flop, it's, it's better to yeah. just pull
2: the plug immediately.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. And and having this um, game that we were talking about, yeah. the old republic, they have one already and they're probably looking at the numbers that is not as good, maybe. Yeah. You know, and then they thinking about investing into a new one that probably might fail. Probably that's a no no in their in their case. Okay.
0: So, did you guys get a chance to watch a video that I sent you about the charts of the Past that the uh, fan yeah. Star Wars theory guy, did you guys like that
5: video? Oh, again? yeah. Yeah. I mean... So, one of the things that I've really loved about the whole Star Wars thing is the fan aspect of it. You've mm-hmm. got some really amazing fan, uh, fan-made stuff out there from uh, Pink Five to you know, Odyssey to, I mean, there's some great Star Wars stuff out there. And apparently, um, I mean, so long as you say this is not for profit, most of the time, Lucas is, you know, Lucas films was always pretty respectful of the, the creators and, you know, the, the love that had to go into these things. Yeah. And I'm glad that they went to the wall for, uh, for this guy as well, because again, it was a really well done, a well done thing. And, um. Apparently, originally it came out that Disney was the one that had tried to demonetize it or to, to take mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. So then it was, no, it was the person that did the music. It's something yeah. to do with the music uh, licensing. But
0: they're contracted by Disney. And then Lucasfilm stepped in, which is also owned by Disney, and I guess they said, you can't do this, or you shouldn't do this. I think they were worried about what the fan backlash was going to be.
5: Right, and they should have been, because, again... <laughs> right now, Disney's kind of on thin ice with the whole, with everything they've done with the property. I mean, so, is this
0: gonna be the last big picture Star Wars for a while? Do you think, Episode Nine?
2: Um, I think so, probably because I don't know if you know, but they even delayed um that episode. I, I think it was a couple months more. Oh really? Something like that? Yeah, like okay. um, I think I I think it's gonna be now December. Is it? Yeah, December. It was gonna be March if I don't mis- if I'm not mistaken. So basically,
0: a year after Solo came out, it was gonna
2: drop. Yeah, and okay. I think Solo was the one that they they noticed. Like, my God, you know that movie wasn't that good.
0: But and... was that movie truly terrible, or was it part of a backlash from the fans? It was kind of terrible. It,
3: I mean,
2: it was like kind of terrible. Like, I'm a fan, and, and it's not that good, really. <laughs> so,
5: it's where fan service becomes a little too prevalent. I enjoyed the movie, but I think I enjoyed it because it's the first Star Wars movie I got to take my kids to in the theater. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Um, cool. it But it was trying really hard to get as much into, you know, hey, everybody, it's Kessler. Hey, it's the dice. Hey, look at Lando's capes. Hey, this yeah. is why the millennium falls. It, and it it was fine. It was, there's nothing you know wrong about it, but I think my brother summed it up best when he's like, I went and saw it in a month later. I couldn't tell you one thing about it. <laughs> and you know, that would yeah. just was never a case with uh, the, the original, with the earlier star star Wars films. Yeah. So
4: that was truly ingrained in us. So, so if, if you life. guys don't look at it from a fandom point of view, and instead you look at it from a business point of view, I'll just be devil's advocate for a minute. Um, well, without going that direction yet, I will say Rogue One was the fandom movie. Solo yeah, was the I money grab. I actually like
0: Rogue One a lot. I
4: yeah, guess. that that was the fandom movie. The, yeah. Rogue One was just literally a money grab. That that was all about monetization. They mm-hmm. wanted to sell those dice, and they wanted to sell the cape, and they wanted to sell all the stuff that you could yeah. see in the movie that has mm-hmm. some kind of meaning to your dad. You know what I'm saying? To all the kids out there. Yeah. Um, And that's what that was, and, and that's why it backfired so badly. But. So when you look at all these things, Disney didn't understand the box of worms they bought when they acquired because they knew it was a cash cow. That's all they have thought about. Mm-hmm. And the and the problem now is all of these fan-based films they're all basically copyright infringement. Uh, if you if you use the same universe and use different characters, that's different. But when you make a solo movie, not not solo, that's a wrong choice of word, but when you make a uh, your own standalone short film uh-huh. with vader in it yeah vader is owned by disney and even though this guy says this is for the fans you know this is i don't care about the money i don't need the money blah blah blah, blah he's getting followers he's hes his channel is gaining millions of people and that is paying him yeah indirectly. there
0: is a form of monetization there i do agree although he did check with Lucasfilm before he did this and they said you can't monetize it but everything is okay as long as you're comfortable not making money
4: but yes you're right he is making money one way or another and, 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 that and the whole, that the whole made, point of that too yeah. is when he went to lucasfilm before all this and they told him no you can't do that no you mm-hmm. can't do that no you can't do that he did it anyway and just said yeah. well i'm not going to make any money off of it yeah right then lucasfilm could have slapped him with the suit yeah and all of this could have disappeared and right now disney can still slap him with the suit and all this can disappear but yeah. they're so scared of the fans that they're going to leave it there
0: but he also and, put this video and he said i don't want you guys to do anything and, and the reading in between the lines is like, go fight for me, is what that thing said very strongly. Like,
4: I'm not going to say anything, but you guys are not profited from saying anything. So basically, he... Well, and, and that's why I don't want to be that guy. But yeah. to me, every one of his videos is fake. Every one of his videos to me is like, you know what? I love you guys and I love the movies and this and that. And, and every time he says that, he gains probably a thousand more followers and he's getting that much more money. From- well, not only yeah.
0: that, but every single satellite YouTuber that surrounds this dude have expanded their YouTube viewership in the last week exponentially. Exactly. Everybody's exactly. And been all of this feeds from that. this. Yeah,
4: everybody's been benefiting Exactly. exactly. So, so, so that's my that. point of view. Is, And that, that's removing me some from the fandom. I love Star Wars. But to remove yeah. myself from the yeah. fandom and look at it from a business point of view, I'd be pretty pissed off if I was Warner Disney
3: yeah,
4: and, and I'd probably destroy this guy to be honest, but yeah. they're being so careful because of the fandom. Mm. And then uh, to flip that too, when you ask about the movies, the truth of the matter is the the profit margins on shows and cartoons is so much higher than a big budget, you know, triple a movie mm-hmm. that it just makes way more sense for them to stop putting all that money into these movies and create 30 cartoons and shows to put on their Disney subscription channel. Yeah. So they're getting all that much more money, and all the fandom is moving and just paying them directly.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes sense.
4: Yeah. But, yeah, like, like I said, that's yeah. the business standpoint. That's not the fandom standpoint. We want the movies, but. We want the movies, well, but so we're going to shit on them
0: when they come out and we don't like them too. So.
5: Well, and the fact of the matter is is that as much as we hate to admit it, there also has to be that monetization. There's no money, and right. we don't have Star Wars. Um, which at this point there's a lot of fans that are like, yeah, that that's just fine. Um, but again, you know, you look at stuff like this and I'm always, I I see where you guys are coming from, where you're talking about how it's maybe some of this is a little disingenuous and it's like, yeah, this is basically a, a branded commercial for my channel that you guys can come and see. And oh, while you're here, check out these other videos. Um, so I mean, I get that, but there's also that point where sometimes I like seeing, you know, what these people come up with. Oh yeah. The idea that whenever I, between the original, um, the movies and the original trilogy, there were a lot of, uh, magazines that would come out and they would do these little fan theories about what was going to happen or who each person was. And I loved reading those, uh, between, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, there was a theory that Boba Fett was actually Luke's father. Huh. Yeah. Um, because he never really says anything, and he's always just kind of glowering in the yeah. background. And And I, I remember thinking, that was just, like, awesome. And then, of course, you get, you know, the reveal at the end of Empire. And everybody was still kind of like, well, yeah, but maybe not. And that's why in Jedi, they actually had to have that moment where it's like, oh, so you believe me? And I was like, yeah, I know it's true. And that was sort of Lucas saying, all right, everybody, calm down. This is actually what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not fooling you on this one. Um, but it's fun to watch all those little things, those little little notes that people pick up on and try and build around. And it, it really adds to the, to the texture of it, even though it's non-canonical.
0: But, but me. let me ask you something right. very important. When, when Lucas actually owned Lucasfilm, there's movies like Fanboys and, and Jan, and Bob, Strike Back, and all that stuff. Couldn't George Lucas have said, screw you, you can't make that. That's infringing on the copyright.
4: Lucas was involved in both of those movies.
0: But you see he's cooperating with the fans of this stuff. Shouldn't Disney be trying to be more resilient with fans, like being more involved? Like when this kid went to them and said, I'm making this this fan movie, they could say, hey, we'll help you.
4: We'll take so, the money,
0: but we'll help you. And you can make side money if you want to. Wouldn't that be a better marketing
4: no, because Disney has no skin in the game. What I would say is what they should have done when they started monetizing his video mm-hmm. was told him, look, okay, you know what? You did an awesome job. They could have gotten involved somehow officially with the company because he did an awesome job. The, the yeah, filming and the acting really and everything, job, and that was awesome. That was insanely But good. what they could have done that wasn't quite so snaky was, you know what? okay, we caught you. This is copyright infringement. So instead of taking you to court and cleaning you up and destroying <laughs> you, how about I'm going to put ads here and then we'll give you 10% of that money. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking all the money themselves, they could have paid him some of that. Yeah. Which still sucks because nobody wants to see the ads attached to the thing. But the bottom line is the the problem, the overall problem with the way that all went down is the distribution. He He put it on his... Network and he's whether it's directly or not. He's collecting money from it But then if if he had if
0: if he had brought it to Disney Disney wouldn't have distributed that for him They
4: probably didn't weren't interested in it, right? They would have said the same thing LucasArts did. I mean if you want to do something for yourself. That's great Don't distribute it. Don't make money. Yeah,
5: so my questions. I've got a question Do you think that Disney is dealing with a different kind of fan with Star Wars fans? I mean, I've you meet those people that are hardcore Disney fans Next animated film, anything Pixar, they've got the shirts, the backpacks, the Christmas ornaments. They've got them there. And on the surface, Star Wars fans look kind of the same. <laughs> um, so,
4: got wikis, I got Wookiees on
5: my Christmas tree. So do you think that maybe they, they went at this from the wrong way and not completely understanding kind of the soul of the fan base that they were dealing with?
4: That's, that's exactly why I said they opened a can of worms with Star Wars. They didn't know what they were getting into. Okay. And, and the other side of that is, I I have a family member who's actually in one of the official squadrons in the U.S. Um, the 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 like you know professional cosplayers yeah mm-hmm. and he's been hired along with his group. They're out in Northern California. They've been he's been hired to go places, and their whole squadron was actually invited to the premiere when the movie came out. Oh,
3: wow. oh
4: so wow. so they're like they're the real deal. They're really official, but the problem is. He is so gung ho and die hard. He doesn't care about any of this. He's he's gonna be at every Star Wars thing ever. He his house is ridiculous with Star Wars memorabilia, and he is the epitome of fanboy.
0: Is that the one that lives in Northern California?
5: Well,
4: yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've got
5: a a guy that we, we sort of ran in the same circles in high school. Uh, we you know are friends on Facebook. We don't really, but I run into him every time I go to see a movie. Um, and it's weird, it we don't plan it that way, it's just oh hey, Ar- that's funny. Wave. Um, but he was he had sort of this thing. He walked up and he said, Uh, we were talking after seeing Infinity War, and he looked at me right in the eye and he goes, You know, Ethan, and by the way, this guy's kids he had a boy and a girl twins that are named Luke and Leia. Oh, Leia. Uh-huh. his <laughs> children are Luke and Leia, Jesus. And he walked up not to Chewie
0: me and-, and Ewok or whatever.
5: <laughs> I they might have had a dog named wicked at one point i don't know but uh (laughs) walked up to me and goes you know ethan i i just want you to think about this last year i watched wolverine die yep i watched (laughs) luke skywalker die and the only one i cared about was yondu from guardians of the galaxy yeah and it (laughs) was that that look at yeah they really are taking these kind of these big steps, but are they the steps in the right direction? Are they handled the right way? Because, you know, these are, are icons of our childhood. Yeah. And uh, first of all, last gen, I actually loved it. I loved the way Luke Skywalker was portrayed. It's not a fanboy thing. It's it's me looking at the story structure and maybe where I am in my life, but but I really liked how they handled the character. Um so I liked the way you know, I liked the way that they handled his his exit. But I get why fans are, are lashing back. Not everybody is uh, you know, a guy approaching you know, or, or soundly in middle age yeah. dealing with you know, the consequences of the decisions he's made with his life. So I get the blowback on this one. Um, so is there anything that Disney could have done to have mitigated something?
4: Well, with Star Wars in particular, no. They're, they're, you're never going to make everybody happy. No, but I mean, uh, 50% of the <laughs> fandom is not happy. though. Something went wrong. Well, and that's that's kind of why I bring up my family member, because the true fandom, you can't break them. I mean, there's nothing going to break them. It, just like me, okay, I was pissed off at the end of that movie. I, okay. And Andres will tell you, I was full of fire. I actually liked it vinegar. the first time I
0: watched it, and then I was so excited. Andrew, how did you like it? And he's like, the, he, he wouldn't even talk is... to me,
4: man. He would just glare at me like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I got over it. I watched it again, and it was fine. Like, you know, it was just that initial blow pissed me off but it's not gonna it doesn't change anything even right after that movie if two weeks later the next one came out episode nine is there I would have gone opening night it doesn't bother me that much like okay I still love the universe I still love the characters I love the storytelling I love the tech like I love everything in that world and I think a lot of fanboys are like that it's just these weird intermediaries that want to be pissed off about something for reasons I don't understand that they, they, they're on some kind of soapbox that I just don't get.
0: The fandom is polarized, but the thing is that there's a lot of YouTubers that I, you know, that they're making a lot of money with this stuff. So exactly, I guess that gives them the drive to get on that soapbox and keep hollering. I don't know. Indeed. So let's see. I got a text from Eat. What did you say? Gross. Okay.
3: <laughs> he said, Moving "Wrap it on. Up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, uh, but really, what I what one of my things is like, yeah, Solo was an okay movie. I still own it because I, I am a fanboy, and so I own everything that Star Wars is gonna make and will ever make. You know, even even if I say I'm gonna boycott something, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> you know,
3: I don't, just what, that's just the truth. What, what's the that truth. even mean? Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. I'm gonna watch it. You know, it's there. Like at some point, yeah. I will watch the Mandalorian series on Disney whenever they come to their channel. I will watch it because I am interested in that character. I think that's going to be a really cool series. Now, I'm not as excited for the other series with like the sidekick character from Rogue One. I'm not that excited about that, but I do want to see the Mandalorian. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but uh, on a junction to that, I do want to see something with the Knights of the Old Republic. I, I wish that instead of doing Solo, they would have gone back and shown us something, a new story, something that's not connected to the existing stuff. Just a brand new. I just want to get a brand new story. I think it's time to get just a fresh new story not connected to any of the original stuff I agree
5: uh, yeah I, I could agree. I would be really comfortable with that
0: um, but I know that that's a big step to take for Disney so far they've been kind of skirting the existing stuff and not wanting to get too far away from it so um, uh, but anyway <laughs> okay well I, I think we're getting on the long side so I think we're gonna have to start wrapping up the show but if you guys have any parting words that you'd like to say this is the time <laughs>
5: Um. Well, uh, first of all, I had a really great time doing, and uh, I want you guys to know uh, from the bottom of my heart that I am wearing pants. Uh, any of you that have been that have been picturing me in any other way, Thank uh, you for you're me. wrong. Uh, I, I have them on, and I'm I'm doing really good right now. So, uh, a lot of fun.
2: That's always good to hear. it <laughs> <laughs> was really fun, uh, Andrew. Thank you for the invite.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. Thank, thanks guys for joining my podcast, you know. As you know, my podcast is gonna be part of my Patreon and it's gonna be offered as like the second awesome. tier of the Patreon. But I will send you guys a free copy of what we just did. I'm gonna edit it, I'm gonna put Jacob's interview in the middle so we'll have a full podcast. So I think I think you guys did a good job. I mean, you guys come, you know, have some really good thoughts and are very eloquent, more so, you know, than somebody like me with a weird accent. So but no, okay. It's gonna, gonna be good. I think it's gonna be good. So all right. So, but I guess we gotta talk about the future. I mean, uh, do you guys want to stay doing the podcast podcast like once a month, or what's the? Yeah, um,
5: good with
4: the with the poscad. The poscad. Yeah. The <laughs> once once
5: a month works great for me. Okay. Um, yeah. As it turns out, I've got Sunday's always my really busy day because I got to get everything ready for the week. But uh.
0: okay, and and as always, just uh, just send me material that you would like to talk about because at some point, of course, you know, when we have one month in between, then we have time for like news to accrue, new stuff to talk about. But right. if there's additional stuff you guys want to talk about, just bring it up or just you know put it in the in the outline when I sent the outline for the next one, you know.
5: Yeah, Uh, that sounds great, man. So I'm I'm gonna
0: go to Colombia in like four days, and I'll be back in February like fifth. But I'm gonna edit this podcast and send it to everybody before I leave. So uh, okay.
5: By the way, um, just from a technical standpoint, you cut in and out a couple of times. At one point, you said I'd like to talk about, and you cut out, and you came back with three. And I was like, "Oh, he's talking about Diablo three. He's talking about." So I went off with my whole pre order thing, oh, and then you're okay. like, "Yeah, but it's Ghostbusters." And I was like, "Oh, oh, oh I thought you were... Yeah, those, yeah. Okay. Those words did matter. The ones that I didn't hear were part yeah. of it. Now I. That's did why I...
4: I was so quiet because I all I heard was three two, and I'm like, I don't even know. I started going through your notes, and I'm like, I don't see a three here anywhere. I don't oh, know yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, <well. laughs> I wanted to say something, but just in case uh, you were not able to cut it out, I didn't say mm-hmm. anything.
4: This is really important. I want to talk about three.
5: <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Go! Go!
4: Talk. After that uh, whole
5: incident with seven eating nine, this is.
2: Re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is good, man. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's yours your and submitted. That's all. The, all right, uh,
0: Okay, so everything else works okay?
2: Well, yeah, guys, oh, i yeah, tell you
0: yeah,
5: what. My back teeth are literally floating right now, so I've got to get. Um, it, was a, it was really nice getting to uh, to meet you, Josue. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to everybody else. Andrew, always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Too. We'll talk Good to you too. all later.
2: Okay. All right. You all right, man. Take care. Absolutely. All right. See you. All right. Bye. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mutant Donkey podcast. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or criticisms, please address them to mutantdonkey at gmail.com. That is mutantdonkey. Spelled with a 3 instead of an E. Mutant Donkey with a 3 instead of an E. At gmail.com. Thank you. And till the next time.